PlayStation Unbound, and a new PlayStation remake. I think you forget, Saul, that I have the camera still rolling. So no, I absolutely I, do. If you I don't think I'm going to cut not. into the intro, <laughs> keep should. the audio going and have you just slapping your butt cheeks. You absolutely should. That's what's going to happen. Hello. And welcome to Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as usual, is Mr. Saul. Bridges, bringing y'all lucky episode 232. And alongside me, as normally now, is... Oh, hi, Chris Figs. <laughs> We're super inconsistent. Don't oh, say hi. my first name. Don't I know. say my first name. I don't, I, Le- lead me off with... I'll say my first name, and then I'll introduce Chris I as I his know. first name. But well, I, hi- I got in there, and then I was like, do I stop, or should I just go full, full on in? Look, this is behind the in. scenes. Look, it's Okay. Here we are. If you're new to the show, uh, this is it for multiple hours sometimes. Um, anyway, you could stick around and figure out how you can listen and or watch the show, depending on what you prefer to do if you're watching one way or the other right now. Uh, and of course, how to be part of the community's take where we kind of share the thoughts of the community, go out loud uh, with them and kind of look and see how they push against certain things we've said or just in general their thoughts on a certain subject. But we like to start the show off the right way. And Saul, I'm going to go with you again, man. What you been playing this week, if anything? Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven Definitive uh, Edition. Definitive Edition, you say? Yeah. Whatever. I, I can't stand the name. Like how every game has to be special with their own definitive name. But it's um, it's been good. I haven't played it much this week. I played it like Tuesday night. Uh, no, I lied. I played it Sunday and Tuesday. And um, today I'm going to start at Metroid Dread. But that is... You already bought it? No, I bought it yet. Got you. I um, I was kind of waiting until today, anyways, mainly because I'm off to I'm off work tomorrow and I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow that I have to go to. So I'm gonna play a good chunk tomorrow afternoon when I'm back. Nice and free. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Metroid Dread, that thing that Liam shared that was like Metroid Dread has a thing built. Dude, in. that satire has to be. It has to be. If it's not, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna go search it out real quick so I can just say how ridiculous that it was that it, what it even said says there is a way to make progression easier in Dread. As you explore the map and find secrets, you unlock permanent upgrades. It's kind of like farming for souls and dark souls in that the hard game actually has a progression system that can carry players who are stuck. Um, so basically they just described the entire genre of Metroidvania and <laughs> how those work and the fact that Dark Souls and Bloodborne are in many ways 3D Metroid games. <laughs> yeah, it, and, and since it's referencing Metroid Dread, I'm 100% sure that is a uh, it's satire. Yeah, I don't know. It's It's very ridiculous. Very funny. Made me laugh when I saw it last night. Mainly because I didn't even see it until Saul said something about how ridiculous it seemed. Uh, but anyway, Chris, what you been playing, buddy? Uh, Death Stranding. Only Death Stranding. Nothing else. I'm so proud of you. It's also, so good. I want you to know you're not alone in the fact that you've come back around to this game that you put like however many minutes into. <laughs> zero. When you first bought it. Oh, zero. Yes. You just bought it. Yes. It was nine ninety nine. I mean, yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Donovan uh, had messaged me and said, uh, I'm thinking starting into it. And I was like, yeah, Chris is doing it. He's loving it. And then I got similar messages where it was like, wait, this game's awesome. Wait, whenever you do this, this game gets even more awesome. So it it Um, goes to show people just got to play it, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. I've never played another game like it. I'll never play another game like it. That is exactly what makes the game. That's why I think everyone should try the game. 
That's yeah. why I'm glad the trials thing exists, even if I wish it was in a slightly better form. But, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I've tried to get into some other stuff. I played a little bit of Alan Wake, um, which is really good. Alan Wake rocks. Now, when you and- say a little bit, what is that to you? Just so I can compare what a little bit would be on my side. Because I've also been playing Alan Wake, but not very much. Um, I got to the inciting incident, like the lights turned off in the house. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, chapter one. Yeah, but I've I've played Alan Wake, so like, there's I'm not like rushing through, and then I just I can I'll stop playing Death Stranding for five minutes. And I'm like, I think I'm I'm gonna go 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 deliver some packages for five hours <laughs> of my day. <laughs> so Alan Wake is really one of the only things I played. I did beat Kena, um, mm-hmm. and. Kind of going back to the conversation we had last week, I think the game really hits ahead of the difficulty that we were talking about, specifically in regards to um, the, the the final boss situation. All of it, really, is super crazy. I was able to beat it without having to change difficulty, but I could see how there might be people who feel like suddenly you have to change difficulty <clears throat> to be able to see the story through to the end. Beautiful mm-hmm. story. Great game. And I enjoyed the challenge, but I still don't think it's crazy for me to kind of throw out a warning to people who think it's going to be something else. Uh, And it sounds like I might have actually saved somebody, uh, one of our patrons and and friends, TT Dog, in uh, Discord, um, Mark. He said uh, that hearing our talk about it kind of turned him off of it because he didn't want the he didn't want a game that kind of was half one thing and then suddenly suddenly another. Yeah, it's a weird game because it. It looks like a children's game, which I know everyone's been saying, and but it doesn't play that way. And I think I was saying in the in our Discord that I, I'm playing it. Uh, I was playing it on story difficulty because I was trying to rush through it for the platinum exploit or whatever. Uh huh. And it was still difficult, like I, not not hard, but it was definitely like I had to pay attention, which I wasn't expecting in that difficulty like that. So well, I'll agree that paying attention is part of that. But man, your damage because what happens? I beat the game. And then I'd heard, uh, I think it was Rude Cold, one of our friends and patrons, he said mm-hmm. uh, that one of his friends had to turn down the difficulty to fight the last boss. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go do the whole last boss run one more time, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it on story mode difficulty. And you're talking night and day. Right. I got through that thing first try with getting hit like three times, and it only took like an eighth of my health. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It blew my mind, and <clears throat> that kind of goes towards what I, I'd heard people saying and kind of talking about. Is that th- there is no like normal difficulty is not consistent enough to be normal difficulty. It's, it's really the game decides to hit, and then it's like, okay, this is basically hard mode disguised as normal. Yeah. And then story mode is just like, okay. <laughs> like <laughs> I agree that you have to pay attention. So to the degree that people would be looking at this and going, oh, my kid could play this, I yeah. don't think that that's true. No, I will. I guess when I was what I was expecting from story mode is kind of like when I completely checked out of near and I just turned all the auto attack on and all the auto yeah. defense. That's what I was that's what I expect out of a story mode where like I don't if I don't want to pay attention the game still gets beaten somehow. Yeah, you the know? thing is is that I think that near is the only game that has that level. Oh yeah. Unless it's a game that just completely turns combat off, uh, which frankly, I think Nier's Assassin's Creed work. did, right? Uh yeah, well Assassin's Creed is like their have a historical mode where it's no, you can't. That's right. It's like a tour story. mode. Yeah, you can just yeah. be like, oh, Egypt's really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I never played it, but I know Horizon had a difficulty thing where, as well, where if like you just wanted to play the story. Yeah. But I wonder is it is it similar as Kana, where it's like you have to actually be able to be like, oh, okay, I have to pay enough attention to know that I still have to shoot this thing off of the T Rex's back. Mm-hmm. I think it must be. I don't know. Yeah. Most games I don't play it that way. Like Kena. It was literally just like, okay, this is like a five-hour game. I can probably rush through this, do the Platinum Exploit, and then just play a regular playthrough after that. That was my plans. And then they patched it, and I was like, eh, doesn't sound like my cup of tea, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I'll tell you, I think that that's such an interesting choice of a trophy in that game, because I will not do it. Yeah, that's crazy. I enjoyed the challenge, but I'm not going to sit there and try and fight my way through that game on master difficulty if 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 that was supposed to be normal. Right. <laughs> you know, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just, you know, I enjoyed the game for what it is. I just yeah. think that that's a weird way to go. Uh, it's fine, though, because it's going to make people who get that platinum now, like after right. the, the initial patch, I will have so much respect for them. Yeah, it's like how... Um I still hold my Watchdogs Platinum above other people's because I got it before the Platinum on the hand mini game came or the patch for the hand mini game came through. Like uh, you guys yeah, have it was no probably idea. Impossible. It was so hard. <laughs> took me like I took me a full day of doing it. The worst thing I've ever done in the game. Yeah, that's rough. Oh man. Um, but yeah, I, I went into Alan Wake, and of course, I got to the inciting incident after. I think I started it that night, had to put it down for something. The next day at lunch, I got to the inciting incident and mm-hmm. kind of gone through. And now I think I've, I'm either at the end of chapter two, and then to chapter three, yeah. or about to go into chapter three. I'm already in chapter three. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting. Definitely, the whole idea of picking up manuscripts that basically constantly if you actually listen to them foreshadow what's about to happen Mm -hmm. yeah i love it it's an interesting way to go about writing i do have small issues with it that i think i would have had even back when the game released in 2010 about the way that like you generally move i find that the juke system it doesn't work as well as you would think uh yeah and you really can't run from enemies as ideally as you'd wish if you want to be able to try and create some space between you it's almost like the ideal way is to really try your best to get all the enemies on the other side of you and then turn Mm -hmm. around and run backwards to where you can constantly see what they're doing yes pretty much and that's about it and i've been doing all the exploring getting the extra like flares so i can blow through them and whatnot and there's story-wise, I'm having a lot of fun. And I even think the world's really pretty and interesting. And the yeah, game looks is. really good for it to yeah. be a remaster. The, the biggest thing that is going against it <clears throat> is them character models and facial animations defy the rest of the game. The rest of the game looks like it could be a PS4 game. Yeah. And yep. then suddenly it's like, no, those are definitely faces <laughs> and animations from 2010. It's like they didn't, <laughs> I, which I think is true. They didn't bother to touch the cutscenes. They just did everything else, which is interesting but it's jarring. <laughs> it is jarring, yeah. So I mean, is what it is in that regard. But. You have some, you have some points where, like, on the bridge, because this is the only place I've played. You get on the bridge, and Alice looks like a normal character model, and then you go through the cafe or whatever, and you come out, and then there's that cutscene, and she looks like her face is melting. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> Just make Man, it look that was, normal. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Good. Something, and it's like because now that you're mentioning it, the color grading and everything's different in the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, it's not that different for most things. It's like they try to be a little more directorial with the cutscenes, but they're yeah. all still pre-rendered instead of in-engine. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 jarring. You're right. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate. I almost wish that they could have found a way to go back through and play all the cutscenes out 
in engine and leave it there yeah. like that. That'd have been really cool. Yeah, but I will, I will say for outside. Um, actually, you continue with Alan Week. I was going to say something else, but oh, you're fine. I right now I haven't played this weekend at all. I ended up having gotcha. to do work yesterday and then got on and, and played with friends. So I'm yeah. still there. I'm, I'm going to go back and try and play it some more. But I know that as you and I were talking, it's kind of like where does Far Cry Six fit in all of this? Well, that was a, funny enough. That's, that's kind of where I was about I'm going. Where I was yeah. going to be like, I, I've been struggling not to buy Far Cry 6 for like three days. Where I'm like, I really want to play it and experience it. But I know I'll keep playing Death Stranding. But every once in a while, I'll go to the store and I'll like just click on it. Like, it's only 60 <laughs> bucks. I have the money. It's only 60 bucks. And I'm like, Is that I the digital version of going to the store, picking the game up, turning around, being like, and then just leaving, getting back in your car, yeah, and not purchasing pretty it. much. Well, because I have this thing right where I'm, I don't, I get paid biweekly. So I'm like, if I'm, if I buy, there is no difference between buying it today and buying it in a week. I might as well That's just true. buy it today. But I, I'm still telling myself no. Well, see, my thing there is the idea of being a patient gamer to a small degree, much smaller. Yeah. Like taking the ideas right. If I'm not going to start the game, why buy it? You may yeah. find that by the time that you're ready to start it, right? By the time that you're finally done with your 120-hour Death Stranding run that you're attempting, <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to finally start Far Cry 6, and you might find that, hey, look, Far Cry 6 is $45 now. Why not? Yes. Like, if I'm not yeah. going to play it anyway, why not wait to see what the sale price is going to be, how quickly, and then just jump on then? It just seems to me like... The, thing, the reason I've been trying to pick it up is it seems like a really good break from Death Stranding. Yeah, because yeah. it's like Death Stranding is this like I'm um, delivering my Amazon packages, but then uh, Far Cry is this whole different level, and it feels like a really good game to like juggle between the two. But I'm just rationalizing. I'm, yeah, it's so. like moment to moment mechanics. I feel like those two games could be played simultaneously yeah. without overly messing you up. Well, partially just because it's a, Far Cry has always been first person. So you have that benefit of not getting into something because I'll find that whenever I'm playing a third person game and I go to play a different one, my brain is like, well, you just got off a third person game. So this third person game should control exactly the same mm-hmm. as the last one. And it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But that I, disconnect doesn't really happen if you're shifting perspective. Mm-hmm. And that like I didn't mention it because I didn't play very much of it, but I played some of um, the Battlefield 2042 beta. Oh yeah, and that did not scratch the itch I was hoping for. So that's part of why I'm like really looking at Far Cry. Like I should really just buy it because I want to oh, play that first person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Have that's you seen cool. um, what is it called? Sandstorm Insurgency or whatever? I haven't seen it. No. Hold on, I'm I'm probably Insurgency Sandstorm. Yeah, that, I think that is correct. Then. Oh yeah. No, hold on. This is 2018. It's it's a new game. It's the one I'm thinking of. Maybe it's a new insurgency game. I mean, it, there's a review <clears throat> for it from two days ago, so I think you might be right. This is what you're talking oh, about. Maybe it just finally came to console. Yeah, it's probably a Steam game. Interesting. Yeah, two days ago, game development is a wild ride. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you. Okay, yeah, PlayStation Patch. All right. That game is getting reviewed really well. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of people cool. talking about it and being like, I love it. Everything about it. Yeah, is it a multiplayer <laughs> or is it single player? It seems like it's both. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no. Insurgency is a multiplayer tactical first-person shooter video game developed in public. Yeah. So, yeah. See, I, multiplayer I, don't, only. I think I'm past multiplayer shooters. Like, I play Apex, and I think I play Apex more out of habit. Um, so, like, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure by the time this episode ends, you'll see on your phone, like, 
Far Cry 3 or 6, ready to play. <laughs> I mean, if so, that's fine. I'll go ahead and download it at that point. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like I feel like but like kind of like you're talking about with Death Stranding, I see no real reason why I couldn't be able to play Far Cry 6 alongside Alan Wake. No, absolutely. Like if anything, I actually think that there's more comparisons to Alan Wake and Death Stranding mm-hmm. in that there's like slower third person, explore the world, combat yeah. exists, but you're always in a worse case for combat than your than the other person that's going against <laughs> you. Like you're yeah. kind of always leveled against and you're just trying to survive for a second mm-hmm. until you can get you your next safe haven, which is the next light, which in Death Stranding is just the next delivery spot that gives you All a right. break from the BT. So yeah. Look at that. Whatever Max, whatever your name is, what Lake? What's what's the guy's name? Sam Lake. It's not Max Lake. Sam Lake. Thank you. Look, Sam Lake. There goes your Kojima comparison for the day. I hope that you <laughs> enjoy. It. Um. All right. Well, I think at this point, you can go ahead and crawl into the news. And the first thing is something I know that you two are excited about, and I don't really care about it in any meaningful way, but Rockstar have given a new teaser for the Grand Theft Auto 3 Vice City and San Andreas remasters slash remakes because of the fact that they're being remade into Unreal Engine. Uh, we'll get into that eventually, I guess, but um, bundled together as the worst name, not the worst <laughs> name, one of the worst the names, worst Grand Theft Auto colon the trilogy hyphen definitive edition. I hate it. This is <laughs> I, as bad as the Arkham Asylum game of the year. Or Arkham City, one of those two game of the year box cover. Do you remember that? Oh, that had the entire background was like 10 out of 10. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was awful. It was the worst. <laughs> this, oh. this is the equivalent. <laughs> I, at this point, I don't even know if I'd call them Grand Theft Auto. I think I'd just say G- the GTA trilogy. <laughs> Fun fact, they actually, Rockstar themselves don't use GTA anymore because it, it brings up uh, GTA 2 and 1. I was just watching a documentary about it, so they don't oh, ever call the games sense. GTA. Oh, because it literally pushes you back to the PS1 games. Yeah. Um, GTA they, London? Yeah, London <laughs> 2, 1. I was re- they um they were saying that they just they they don't even want people like at E3 or anything when this documentary was about 3. They like you can't call GTA 3 ever on stage nothing. <laughs> Only Grand Theft Auto. I mean, I guess, yeah, okay, fair enough. I guess for us, we have the thing of outside looking in of like, that's a, everyone knows GTA is Grand Theft Auto. Right. Well, it's like Call of Duty's name is Cod. <laughs> it's a fish. Fair, <laughs> but I, do, people do regard, like you regard, uh, regarded as COD instead sure. of Cod. No one's going to say guitar for GTA. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Although I'd like um, to see meet someone who does call it that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Rockstar say the title will be releasing this year, though it doesn't show the games in action in this new teaser, nor does it really describe the enhancements to expect. But it does give it coming soon. So into this year is probably fitting with that. Uh, and with November 11th being the release date for Grand Theft Auto V's next gen, probably also called the definitive edition at this freaking point. Uh, there's a lot of GTA to play this year is basically what's yeah. going on. So all with a new coat of paint. Uh, as much as you can expect. My hope here is that these games look significantly better than what they showed of Grand Theft Auto 5 on PS5 because it looked <laughs> exactly like Grand Theft Auto 5 on PS4. Yeah. <laughs> Arguably, it looked the same as Grand Theft Auto 5 on PS3. Well, I was going to say, there wasn't there a whole hullabaloo or whatever where the announcement trailer of that was PS3 footage, not even PS3 or PS4 footage? 
it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Yeah. They're like, just go pull some footage from somewhere. Yeah, please. Who cares? It's Grand Theft Auto <laughs> five. You know what you're getting. Um, yeah. I would bet these are out uh, next week. I hope so. Dude, if, if it really is that short and their plan here is really just don't show anything, just do a shadow drop so that everyone freaks out and buys it in mass. That's yeah. that's a perfect idea. Well, I don't see I don't I, I guess I just don't see why they take the old ones off the store until they're ready to release the new ones. Well, yeah, that is. So we didn't get into that yet. But as part of this, Sorry. Rockstar is removing the original PS2 versions. So, I mean, it's a good point, right? The PS2 versions being taken off the store starting next week does kind of make you think, well, if they're removing the old ones, that must mean that they're coming in a hot with the new ones, right? Yeah. Wasn't like wasn't the original ones broken too, like the PS2 ones? Wasn't there something wrong with those? Well, the thing that ended up happening, if I if I'm not mistaken, and I could be, but I remember that the phone versions of all the games are like halfway remakes because of the problems that the engine had trying to move to more modern hardware. Mm-hmm. Um and so the PS2 versions, as they call it, are actually, if I'm not mistaken, the PS the uh, the phone versions ported to console. I don't actually think that you can play the actual PS2 version. I could be wrong on that, but I know for a while, if nothing else, the PS3, Grand Theft Auto 3, and San Andreas and all those were just the phone games. Yeah, that's, I believe, true. Uh, so I, I don't know what it ended up being because, you know, I, I don't really look to play those games, but... So I don't know, but I'm sure someone out there has actually bought and played the... Like, well, Chris, you got the San Andreas Platinum, right? I did, yeah. On PS4? Yep. Was it the PS2 version, or was it... Yeah. Did it look... Okay. No, it's literally like... when I don't know if you've ever launched one of those PS2 games, but it literally says PS4, PS2. No. It literally goes PlayStation 2 with the, the logo, and then it load from memory card. Like, it's... Okay, it's, cool. Yeah, it's so the PS2 it version. I played Bounty Hunter, which is a fantastic Star Wars game for people. Yeah, I actually haven't played any of the PS2 games on PS4. I did it on PS3. Like I remember playing Twisted Metal Black on PS3, and it did the same thing. Popped Mm -hmm. up, said PS2. Uh, But I also have a a backwards compatible PS3. I I guess it just feels like I'd play the games on that. Kind of like you were talking about, Chris. Like If you're going to go back and play a game, you're going to just go back and play it on the console that it came out on. Yeah, I do that too. Or at least I'm going to go back and play it on something that can natively play that. Like My PS3 is basically just my PS2 since my brother ended up not stealing as much as losing the PS2 I let him borrow, which was unfortunate because I had all my original (laughs) PlayStations and now I don't. It's not stealing if I lost it and found $50. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you let me borrow it, then I did all those things. It wasn't stolen. It was just conveniently lost. Right. While I found fifty dollars in my pocket in the dryer the next day, <laughs> so I am really uh, anyway looking forward to these. Though, are you going to think you're going to actually like marathon through all three of them? Oh, absolutely, no question. You more excited for this than the five? Yeah, five is doesn't compare to these games. I agree with that. From what <laughs> I played a five, and from what I've even seen a five, and yeah. you know, I don't want to have a strong opinion on five because I didn't beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had the same problem with four. Like I did eventually beat four. It took me forever because I just yeah. did not care. I kept trying. I was like, maybe, maybe you know what? Beating the story will make me like this game because that's really? what made me like all the other Grand Theft Auto games. Mm-hmm. It's funny, I, I say I don't care about these games. That's just because I'm I'm past them. But right. like when I was young, I played the story for three, Vice City, San Andreas, Vice City or Liberty City stories, and then I got partway through Vice City stories. I never finished mm-hmm. it, uh, and I used to really like them. And then one day it was just like I don't care anymore. Yeah, and I think I, I think I think part of that was due to four. I didn't care for four's setup or story or characters, and there's a lot of weird things about that game that I just felt like got in the way. 
That's crazy because I love four. But I know um, a lot of people do. <laughs> three is the only Grand Theft Auto I've never seen the ending of. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never beaten it. Yeah. Yeah, three's good. Uh, and actually, I, I love the way that Liberty City Stories plays into three. Mm-hmm. That was really cool seeing. I, I talked about a few episodes back how seeing like the, the, I mean, it's been a while, I guess, but seeing Liberty City Stories look and feel and even be tied in with all the stuff that's happening with three on PSP was like mind blowing as a kid. Like, you know, I'm just, what, 12 or whatever I was sitting there being like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, Tony? Yeah. He's here? I, I do feel like, and it had to have happened, right? It had to because the series has to progress in some fashion. Uh-huh. But I do feel like four and five don't feel like those games do in tone or style to me. No. And that's fine. But I think that that's part of where the disconnect happened. Um, you know, when something stays around long enough, eventually it has to shake things up. I mean, because arguably. Three Vice City and San Andreas are nothing like Grand Theft Auto One, London, and Two. Like no, not about. at all. Uh, not at all. No. Uh, like the closest thing to those games that you can play that's been a modern-ish Grand Theft Auto game is Chinatown Wars, uh, Shakedown Hawaii. Well, yeah, I mean, but I meant from oh, the actual Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're right. Shakedown Hawaii is like that. What's the one that they did that was like eight bit? Where it's all, I guess it's from the same people that made Shakedown Hawaii. If I'm not uh, Shake, Miami, Shakedown Miami. No, okay, I'm, I'm not. I'm not thinking of the right thing then. Hotline Miami. No, those are the top down uh, game maker like slaughter games. What is the name of that thing? It had like a you drove around like the DeLorean. It was full of like 80s references. And oh. it, someone made it as like a uh, they've been worked on it forever as a, a Pixel GTA three, and then ended up adding extra stuff to it. I, I cannot know. for the life of me think of that game. I know what you're talking about. I just don't know. I can't think what it is either. I got to I got to find it. Retro City Rampage. I, I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's yeah. What, I didn't find it, but isn't that the people who made um, Shakedown? Take, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That game is very much like a top-down Grand Theft Auto Three. Like that was what it was meant to be the whole time. Yeah. So and it is no platinum yeah. trophy though. You're right. That's I remember I actually finished. played it. And it was kind of fun because I actually mm-hmm. still like Grand Theft Auto one and two. They're very different games, but they're fun in their own yeah. right. So, but Kill Elvis. <laughs> next thing up, uh, while we're on the topic of Rockstar, it seems those patiently hoping that their uh, PS exclusive agent would one day see the light of day again, like the Last Guardian miraculously did, uh, may have the real death knell to look at. As after a decade of being up on their site, Rockstar have finally removed the game's page and listing from their website. This has to be the final straw because the agent trademark itself was expired back in 2018 and they chose not to renew it. So at that point, everybody was like, well, they chose not to renew it, but they kept the site up. Maybe that means there's hope. Um, I don't know. In the words of Slipknot, all hope might be gone. All, all hope is gone. Uh, Chris, what do you think about this? Um, I don't. Th- I mean, it's hard because I would have liked to play this game, but they never. They were never going to make it. You know, I never had They're, any delusion that they were going to come out and be like, "Hey, remember that agent game? Here it is." Like, no, that was never going to happen. So I, I don't remember exactly, but I remember for years there was some talk about like. Some people had like leaked some stuff about Agent and what was intended to be used and the idea behind the story. Yeah, it was and then there Cold was somebody else that game. said, "Yeah." And then, do you remember what game they said that some of the like design ideas ended up getting used in instead? Was it Red Dead, or was it uh, Red Dead? It make, to me in my head it makes no man hunts older, 
would probably be Red Dead because I don't think they made because they did it was Agent. Let's see on PS3 they had GTA four, five, and ping pong. Red Dead one and Red Dead one. So it must have been Red Dead unless they put unless there was some ping pong game <laughs> in the Cold War in the Cold War era. <laughs> you had a Forrest Gump mini game where he's playing ping pong, but well, I, I, I could I could only imagine you know, it would be Red Dead. Did Rockstar assist in development or take over completely for LA Noir? No, they just published it. There's Team Bondi. Uh, that's what I thought. That so, yeah. They so they didn't do any kind of assistance. I was no. gonna say maybe that they gave off something like that. I don't know. It could be it's Max Payne. Interesting Max Payne. It's pro- Max, Max Payne. Payne. That's right, Max Payne three. It's probably maybe. the one we're thinking of. That's yeah, the only maybe, one but, I could imagine that's like a third person linear story. It's the only yeah, game they've ever made that's a third person linear story, right? <laughs> Other than Yeah, uh, actually Max Payne three was awesome too. It's, it's really it's good. It's one of their best games, I think. Yeah, that, see, that was the thing that got me is I remember being so disillusioned by Grand Theft Auto 4, and then I was really worried that Max Payne 3 was going to suck, and then I bought it, and not only was the story awesome, the multiplayer yeah. was also really oh, good. Oh, yeah. Ma- Max Payne 3, I'll always remember for probably having one of the more brutal kills I've ever seen in a video game, and potentially in media. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking tri- uh, tires. Oof. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Now that game was awesome, though. Uh, I, I was really surprised because you know the original ones were all Remedy. Um, very interesting to see Rockstar just come in and be like, "Yeah, we're going to do something different," but it still worked, you know. But anyway, um, next thing moving on, Ilphonic, the team behind Friday the Thirteenth and Predator Hunting Grounds, is apparently continuing its push into licensed movie games. As studio co-founder Raphael Sadiq revealed on a podcast appearance this past week, Sony has worked with them in the past for Hunting Grounds, of course, and they do distribute the Ghostbusters films. So my wonder here is, could another partnership be on the table with some kind of console exclusivity? Uh, who um, knows? I don't know that I care too much. It depends because everything they've made so far is asynchronous multiplayer, you know, all against one kind of thing. Yeah. I don't, unless they're doing that in Ghostbusters to where one person's the ghost and everyone else is trying to catch the ghost, which actually sounds pretty good. Might be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, basically, reverse phasmophobia or phasmophobia if one player was. Dude, Phasmo should update where one player is a ghost on one mode. Yeah. I said that the first night me and Seth played. I'm like, why can't somebody else play as a ghost? That would be cool. It would be. Well, it kind of makes me think of uh, Dead Space 2's multiplayer where you could play as the necromorphs. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't or you could that. play as a necromorph. And it was actually the same idea. One person yeah. was a necromorph and you choose. I think you got to choose which one you were. And then everyone else was like little mini Isaac Clarks running around just trying to shoot the, you know, the mm-hmm. necromorph. Hmm. I would imagine the only reason Phasmo doesn't have that is because it would be very easy to break, right? Probably, but I think Phasmo... And don't be wrong, I like Phasmo, but I'm pretty sure Phasmo's broken already. (laughs) I just mean more like I could go in the Discord and be like, hey, I'm a siren. And then, you know, you guys just get your stuff so you get your money and then it's over. I think that would be the biggest issue. I think the cool thing here would be if that was a mode, the, the mode was just seeing who could win and not about the money of it all. True. Right? Like if you want to work money into the factor, then you still play the normal version of the game. But this is a specifically multiplayer version. It's where one is that. And when you win, all you get is a win. Like maybe you get a rank. I guess you could do that. But that it just seems like the fun of it would be, hey, we've included it, but there's no reward for it. It's entirely if you want to have a good time with your friends, play it. It'd be really cool because think about it right now, the game already sets it up for you to walk around as a ghost. 
Once, yeah. once you die, you're just not the ghost in question. It would even be more cool if it started as a 4v1, but as you as the ghost were able to hunt and kill people, they joined you and then there were multiple ghosts. That would be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> So um, hey, you know what? There you go, Ilphonic. Don't worry, it's, it's also low hanging fruit. So if that's what you were going to do, <laughs> all I want is a credit in them. Uh, I, I want to be credited yeah. in the <laughs> in the game, uh, please. I will say to kind of ruin your chances of getting credit. I don't think oh, yeah, Ilphonic's a very good studio, so this isn't very exciting for me. But I will say they did. I, I, Raphael, just so you know, those words did not come out of my mouth. So please yeah. still give me the this credit. This is so Chris cool. telling you that I think your games suck, um, but. I don't think this is like speculation. He announced that they were doing Ghostbusters like a dumbass, right? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is not speculation at all. Yeah. He said we're doing Ghostbusters. Insofar as you may want to call it speculation, is that they might be working on a project to be greenlit that has not actually been greenlit. Yeah, like that might be the closest project. thing to it. Like, yeah, they're doing work on it, but it's not a full, fully blown production yet. Yeah, but who knows? Considering how long it's been since Predator has come out. We're dealing with like two and a half years now, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe at least two. Then we've got to be coming up to this point of like, what have they been doing this whole time? So, chances of it being greenlit are high considering there's a new Ghostbusters film. It's supposed um, to be very good, too. The new film? Yeah, it got a nine on IGN. Hey, yeah. Good. I'm going to go see it this month. So, but yeah, it's IGN, the same people who complained about Alan Wake being a remaster. What uh, did they rate the last Ghostbusters movie? Uh, you know, who knows? You want IGN specifically? Yes. Let's find out. What was they called? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters fart noise. They gave it a 10. No, I'm kidding. What was that movie actually called? Just, Just Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters. Yeah. 2016, right? Uh, where is their rating on their website? Or are you going to make me watch? Dude, I will never go to IGN again. If, if they make you watch something, if, if they you make me the watch. Yeah. 6.9. Okay. The Seems Ghostbusters fair. themselves are great, but other facets of the film fall short. So there you go. That's your quick Ghostbusters 2016 review. No, Afterlife looks good. And it would make sense to me that you'd be pulling this in. The only thing is, is how far out would this be then? Because, you know, typically you want these things to be a little more synonymous. And if it's about Sony wanting to have that, you would hope that this game would be releasing by end of the year at that point, well, then, right? Yeah, or he announced it so early and it's like, okay, this movie did is going to do really well because it's really good. This is the Ghostbusters 2 tie-in game. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the right move here might actually be to pretend that this is you letting it slip, but yeah. actually building hype off the back of the movie, the new movie doing really well, and right. being like, hey, while you're on this podcast, but while we're on the back of all these really positive reviews, go ahead and let it slip that we're doing Ghostbusters. It'll get everybody hyped. Yeah. And then depending on if the movie is doing good, there might be a chance for another Ghostbusters movie and the game would be ready in time for a sequel film. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Plenty to be said. Didn't, is Il- Ilphonics the guys who are doing um, Arcadegeddon, right? So they just put out a game. You're right. They did do Arcadegeddon. That weird, like, cyberpunk Osmosis Jones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> that's As soon as I saw it, that's all I could think of. So, no. We'll see what ends up happening here. Uh, I actually completely forgot about that, which goes to show they did they were doing something this whole time. So, my <laughs> like bad. P- please still consider me for a credit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next thing up, Platinum Games finally showed Babylon's Fall earlier this year, and some people criticized the graphics of the game as being blurry. 
Uh, Platinum have shared a new comparison gif of a single in-game area where they state the team is updating the graphics to, quote, improve legibility while retaining the unique oil painting style, end quote. Uh, The gif shows a big improvement, though, in environment readability and reduces the blur effect that gave the game arguably too heavy of an oil painting look. You know, I didn't realize from the thing that they showed, I did realize this game looks a little rough. Like, it looks fun, but it visually looks rough. I didn't realize it was because the idea was to have it look like an oil painting. But if I got to say, if that was the goal, you missed the mark. Mm-hmm. Because the fact that I looked at it wasn't like, oh, it's blurry because it looks like an oil painting. I never thought that a single time. Um, so do with that information what you will. The game still looks fun. I'm hoping it is good. We'll see what ends up happening. So. Uh, uh, for, for the record, not to interrupt, um, I was just looking at arcade again. Game's not even technically out yet, so ooh, it's an early access. Was that game originally shown during one of the PlayStation events? Yeah, it was like one of the yeah because they, they shadow. It was a state of that. play, so it was wasn't it? July eighth is that whatever that was. I think it was a state of play. Huh. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Okay. I just figured I would say it. Put some yeah, more context. Gotcha. Rocket League uh, is up next, and it continues its movie crossover events that everyone knows of for with a new No Time to Die vehicle for the game in the way of 007's Aston Martin Valhalla, which players can buy for 1,100 credits in game. So if you're in the U.S., it's $11. If you're not in the U.S., I don't know your conversion rate, so go check it out <laughs> <laughs> if you care. Um, I'm also, I'm going to be honest with you right now, though. I'm surprised that a car... Like, dude, no wonder Rocket League makes so much money. I'd be saying, yeah, let's go free to play too. If people will spend eleven dollars on a car, I, and I like Rocket League. Yeah, I can't but, talk too much about microtransactions. I spent two hundred dollars on a knife. Yeah, I know you did. I'm proud of you for at least being able to admit it. <laughs> so that's the next thing up. Uh, the next thing is kind of interesting. Uh, it's been rumored for a little bit, but RGG Studio, the team behind Yakuza and Judgment, announced that the rumored departure of studio veterans Toshihiro Nagoshi and Daisuke Sato uh, revealed a, or of course they were departing, and they revealed a restructure within the company as a result. They took the time to announce what they are working on next. Uh, and to no surprise, it is, of course, a sequel to the latest entry in the Yakuza series, uh, with its officially being revealed as in development. Uh, no surprise again, though, of course, they're working on enough games considering that uh, Lost Judgment just came out. So they're moving around, blowing and going. I'm not surprised to see this. I'm a little surprised to see the Yakuza guy leaving and going elsewhere. I, got, I can't remember where he went. I know the rumor was that he was leaving for Tencent. Tencent, that's right. Yeah, that's right. A lot of weird moves today. I didn't put it in the news or this week. I didn't put it in the news, but it was announced that uh, I can't think of his name right now. Yaga Maui or something like that. Yamagawi. One of those two. Um, One of the people from Studio Japan that was a co-developer for Deracine and Bloodborne and other FromSoft stuff moved to Team Ninja. Ninja. Yeah, but I was... um uh sacred symbols was talking about that and, he, and colin was saying that he might not he might just be consulting on a game there so there's an interesting chance that maybe we're getting bloodborne strangers in yarnum <laughs> oh if, if bloodborne has a surname i'm gonna i'm just gonna jump off a bridge well i, I wasn't talking about bloodborne too i know um, but you're saying you're saying more of the idea of like him going to team ninja 
to be part yeah. of like, hey, now Team Ninja is going to partner with FromSoft and make <laughs> yeah, like a like their style, but in um, in Bloodborne's world. I, I think that that's a weird move, personally. I don't see the point of it. Because the whole thing about taking Final Fantasy, right, is that Final Fantasy doesn't already have a Souls-like game because it's not the style that it normally is. So it's a spinoff. It mm-hmm. makes sense. To take a game that's already in a Souls-like fashion, that is the namesake behind Soulsborn, <laughs> and then be like, we're going to make, make a Souls-like game <laughs> from well, our version. That okay. just seems like wasted you know, I I think it makes more sense, even though I think some people hate it, to go ahead and run from this idea of, hey, let's have a game series that's not normally run this way, get a game this way. And I think mm-hmm. Final Fantasy well, supports it. Let me ask you, because I don't like these games, even though I pretend I do. Wait, wait, which one? But uh, Dark Souls. <laughs> okay. Neo yes. is a Souls-like, but yep. I've played Neo, and it is nothing like Dark Souls. No, it's Outside not. of being hard. So like I would well, take that's that's not really fair, right? I mean, like if we're really looking at it, the core elements are there. You die, you leave behind souls that you have to, or you know, you leave behind currency that you have to go pick back up if you want to be able to spend it, right? Yeah, I, I guess that to me it just seems. I don't know. I think it's a different gameplay style that has some stuff to it right but yeah it is i, I mean know. did you play dark siders 3 you probably didn't i don't no. think you did um you could argue that it was souls like because if you died you left behind a currency to go back and get and you had to go find checkpoints and there was more of a reason of like hey on this map if we can let's make it to where there's a shortcut that loops back into something also mm-hmm. something that neo does it's taking design language from those games but no matter what you do by nature of being creators, you're going to have a different style to it. So yeah, yeah, Neo is close enough, if you want to say, but it's it's different, just like yeah. Sekiro in, in many ways is different from Bloodborne and Dark Souls. Yeah, you know? I get, my question is more just, it doesn't seem to me like Team Ninja doing their gameplay in that formula is necessarily weird, because it's an entirely different way to play those games. Like, even if I just think it's close enough, to be fair, but that's, yeah, that's where uh, I'm coming from. I guess I don't even agree with that, but I get I see where you're you coming don't have from. To. Yeah, because <laughs> I play I, I like the fast the fast weapons and stuff, and I feel like you can't get that in Dark Souls as much. So that's where I would be like, oh, well, this is kind of cool. I like. You just argue like Bloodborne, Garden. though, right? The whole point of Bloodborne is that Bloodborne's fast. Yeah, but it's not Neo fast. That's what I'm. That's I what will I mean. agree, it's not Neo fast, but it is a lot faster than Dark Souls. Yes. Yeah. And Demon Souls, of course, by extension. Even though Dark Souls Three did speed up some, which I don't know if that was just a, a point of using Bloodborne's engine to make a new Dark Souls. I was like, why mess with character speed now? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's still, Dark Souls Three is still slower than Bloodborne. Regardless, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening here. I mean, I know you're a big fan of Yakuza. Are you worried anyway at all yes, about him entirely. leaving? Yeah, he's the head of. He was the guy who came up with the whole thing. So I'm obviously going to be wary of him leaving. Um, sure, I'm not happy about it. I'm definitely more wary of of the games, but we'll see. I, I'm yeah, still going to play Yakuza. I've been playing them since I was like 10 years old. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't mean much to me because I'm not deep deep into them. But I've enjoyed the Yakuza games. Uh, the, the Yakuza game I've beaten at least. So we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, next thing up, the PlayStation trial features that we talked about uh, last week apparently starts the clock from the moment the player starts the <laughs> game download, which has led to some uh, kickback as varying internet 
uh, speeds and other complications could see you trial the game for less than an hour, if not outright go past the timer, depending on what happens, uh, to not be able to play at all. And I kind of thought about that. You know, some people were like, some guy literally downloaded Biomutant, said they played for 10 minutes. And because by the time it was done, they played for 10 minutes and then it kicked them out. And uh, they said they have slow internet. And I thought, what if you hit download? It starts downloading three hours in, your power goes out, and then your power doesn't come on until the next morning. Did you just completely miss the trial? Lord forbid, or you're like Donovan, who has internet that took him a week to download Bioshock Collection. Yeah, that's true. I think he has different internet now. At, I think he's moved. But at that yeah. point, at that point, if I'm trying to download Death Stranding trial and my internet is that bad, do I owe Sony money? <laughs> did, I, did I go into a negative time to fish it there that I owe them money or time? Do I have to go work for them? Yeah, yeah I, I think, think so. I think we gotta watch here, at Sony headquarters. Yeah, I, I think this is a Saul and I kind of loosely talked about this before we ended up getting into the chat here. Um, this is interesting because I feel like last week I was excited. I thought this is a good idea, even though it's interesting. You thought six hours wasn't enough time for Death Stranding, and I thought, man, <laughs> dude, the fact they're giving people six hours is, is honestly kind of nuts. Like, but but it makes more sense when you reframe. Well, we give you six hours because anywhere from thirty minutes to two hours is going to be download time no, if you're lucky. I actually can't. I can't view that as a sensible part of this because everybody's mean? internet is so drastically different. You oh, can't yeah. put that in that kind of time frame. Oh yeah, I mean, that's what I'm it could be anything. Yeah, but but that makes I don't more think that sense as to why they gave six hours. Because I don't they, think that's I their think lot of thought going, process eh, at all. Knows? I think that's an impossible thought process to have. We can't put that on Sony and, and thing, but just real quick for context for thing. Uh, can't put that on Sony for their two games they chose to do, but Biomutant, THQ, Nordic specifically said the reason they gave five hours is because of the fact that it starts a download. That's that's a lame reason. Because, oh, I think so too. Because, people, because people's internets vary so bad. They do. And like, even in, in Texarkana, there's two different internet providers in, t- in town, and they are two drastically different companies. And they one are. of which, I'll give you an example. One, I could download all of like Destiny 2 in, in less than 30 minutes, it being 100-something gigabytes. And the other, I couldn't join a, an Xbox Live chat without it kicking me off at line entirely. If I was playing online with Windstream and I joined an Xbox Live party, it would kick my whole internet offline. I would have to restart my router every single time. It's better than that now, but not much. No, not much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I agree. It's a really weird thing, but this kind of goes towards this thing of like, it doesn't surprise you from the people who literally said like, okay, we're going to make a return or a refund policy where you can refund any game so long as you haven't downloaded it. Yeah, that's the dumbest thing I've ever read. So this is kind of the thing where Sony's this I- good ideas strange execution. All they have to do is follow something similar. Like I think they're experimenting with it with the time trials Yeah. of like, oh, here's this X amount of time because it, it download. I think that they're going to try to co- incorporate that. I think that's a testing factor for refunds that they're going to eventually do. Maybe. And that would at least give a little more reason here. In the long run, though, I think what's... I get people saying, if you want to account for the fact that internet's so varying, right, then what you do is you say, all right, if, if the reason we gave it more is because of the fact that it varies so much for people's internet, which also feels weird because if I have great internet, I get to play way more of that game on trial than the person who has internet that lets them play for 35 minutes before it's done, you know? And you get into this thing of, it would feel to me like the answer would be, okay, we're going to lower the amount of time you have, but within the framing of that, we're going to say that the game 
the timer doesn't start until you hit play the first time. The first time that you hit play on that game, we're gonna we're gonna put the timer on. That's what it should be. And even arguably there, right? Should it be cumulative game time? Should the game have no, a thing inside it of be it from the game, or should, should it just be like if I started it, played for thirty minutes, and then put it in rest mode to go eat, and I come back, and that was two hours? Oh, well, you're just done with the trial. So I think it should account for rest mode, obviously, because the system's not on. But that's cumulative that game time, then, right? No, not from a software side of things. If I if I turn a software on, if I start a game, yep. there's no absolute way that that, that software counts the, the amount of hours I'm playing it if it's in rest mode. Oh, I know that, but I'm saying like... Well, that's what I mean. I'm saying for whatever it be, should the timer be specifically about time that you're in that software only? Yes. Or... From the second you hit, yeah. from the second you hit start... To even if you're if you dashboard out or whatever it's called, you go home, but the software's still running, it's still counting. But if you go to rest mode, if you exit out of the software, if you if you close down, whatever it is, it stops. I would argue that because it already does this on PlayStation, right? As it accounts for at least on PlayStation Five, as it accounts for your game time far more accurately than the previous ones. Right. If you go to home, it actually doesn't count you being on home. If it could do it or it being in the background. Yeah, if it could like do it If I watch HBO absolutely. Max it, for four hours while I have Kena in the background, it doesn't say that I played Kena for those four hours. Yeah, as long as that's accurate. So yeah. if, if they could if they could truly do that, and they can really see that. Oh well. In these four hours, he was actually not watching HBO Max, but he was playing Kino when it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. I think so, too. But I just think it's interesting. I mean, a, a better middle ground, if you still want to be in this weird, like, well, we don't want to give you too much freedom, would at least be from the time that I start it. Because then I know I, I'm starting it. Let's try and do what I can. But, yeah, I yeah. hope to see PlayStation switch this up and do something different. I just feel like it's just the, the weird way to go about doing it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, for me, it's it's the Amazon Prime is the exact way this should run. Once you turn it on, you have five hours. Turn it off. Countdown's still going. That's how it should. That's how it should work. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, because like a good example. Of that's like when you rent a movie. You have forty-eight yeah, hours to start. Yeah, and then once you start, you've got a certain number of hours to finish. Well, no, you have. You have. You could. You could rent a movie and have it for the rest of your life. But once as long you, as you don't once you press it. play, it goes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Once you press play, you've committed. You're in. That's how I would do it. And then well, that's different though for a two-hour, hour and a half movie. Versus- and you also still have a, you still have more than just the length of the movie to watch it. Like if for some reason you have to turn it off, you still yeah. can come back to it and watch it. But you don't yeah. have an indefinite sure. amount of time. Yeah. And that's that that goes to show you that like that is it's different, but at the same time it's like perfect because you have two hours to sit down and play or watch a movie. I'm sorry, you have two hours to sit down and watch a movie, and then automatically it starts. But in reality, like if you hit play on a video game, you're not most people who are who've never played a game before and they're gonna play it for the first time aren't gonna they're not gonna say, I have about 15 minutes to sit here and try to play this. Right. Right? That's very uncommon. And if it is, you're weird. If if you sit down for like, <laughs> I've never played Bloodborne, I'm gonna give it 15 minutes real quick. And you're odd. You're an yeah. odd person. Yeah, I agree. If you're gonna try a game, like a game you're already into, you've playing, at least had 30 like, minutes me, set aside. I have, I have 15 minutes here, yeah. Yeah, you I have agree. something you have some kind of time set aside. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, coincidentally, Amazon is is great when it comes to refunds. As long as you buy it from Amazon Direct, there is no questioning it. It's oh, I don't like this product. For as long as you're within reason, re- return. Period. Yeah, yeah, I agree as well. I mean, again, I hope to see PlayStation do this, and it's also weird to me that something we'll get to in a little bit with Jim Ryan's remarks. It's like you're putting gates on all sorts of other crap. <laughs> you just keep going, uh, but yeah, we'll for now, the PS Now game leak that we talked about last week for October was correct, with the off-screen titles being clarified. So users can now download The Last of Us Two, though interestingly, only until January third. So you have until January third to play and beat it if you want to. Fallout seventy six. 
with no time limit. Amnesia, The Collection, No Time Limit, Desperados 3, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered, Victor Vron Overkill Edition, and yet another Zombie Defense HD, all without time limit. So uh, one thing that came up from Rude Days, one of our listeners and patrons and, uh, and friends, he, he talked about... Um, PlayStation, he thought, he's like, why do they bother putting it on there just to put a small time limit thing on there? I don't find that to be an issue. I think giving your people roughly a month to play a game, or or, or, sorry, roughly three months to try and play a game that is probably still selling all right for you and then taking it off is not a huge issue. But I think that this kind of comes into the, it's always based off of the context in which you're looking at things because game pass gives you a different context well xbox doesn't go we're going to put our game on here and then take it off in three months they just well yeah they just do it like there has absolutely been xbox games go on with a predetermined time limit of three months or less and then they know that that's coming off they just haven't been visible well now when you say xbox do you mean published by xbox or just games on xbox i'm sure well obviously everything published by xbox is first party it stays on it stays on there yeah yeah and i think that's the argument here is that this is a sony published game so why doesn't it just stay on when they're already taking roughly a year to put it on it's not games pass now there is an argument there of like should it be on there permanently that's another door to get into i'm not going to get into it because well it will that's the interesting thing here is like as every previous game has shown horizon uh horizons what is it called complete edition or whatever that has the dlc something like that um, yeah. like i said earlier there's too many definitive editions of names. names yeah um but that hit stayed on for three months went off and then about six to eight months later it came back on permanently god of war same exact thing came on for three months about eight months or so maybe a year later they came back on permanently and you know i get that that's not ideal for the people who are looking at this as hoping that it's going to be a game pass competitor like an actual game pass thing but i don't think it's a bad thing to be like okay about a year after our game comes out we're going to put it on ps now about a year and then we're going to put it on there for three months you'll get three months play and then about a year after that you'll be able to play it yeah in general so if you're being a patient gamer and you come on and you sub to ps now you're going to have at least a backlog of the last few years of games up until about a year and a half ago. This actually reminded me that I need to download the la- or I need to download the Last of Us Two anyways on my PS4. Oh, I guess now that you said you won't have to pay for it, I've already bought it. Oh, I bought you, it. Yeah, you I bought, bought it. It was it was thirty dollars. Like yeah, you did six months ago, and you still haven't played it, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, I I find that one interesting. I mean, I don't think it matters, and I think PS Now is still showing that it's a, a pretty good value for what it's trying to be. It's just no matter what, I think PS Now has had the issue where it can't ever escape the comparison to Game Pass. Well, yeah, which is unfair. Yeah. And even early days, you know, people would get, uh, some people didn't agree with me that the early days, I was like, dude, PS Now and Game Pass are completely different services. Completely different services. I was like, you know, PS Now is still very much streaming. Game Pass is still very much day one download. Now that Game Pass has streaming and that PS Now has downloads for certain games, you know, hitting pretty early, they're closer than they've ever been, but they're still not the same service, nor are they advertised the same way. No PS Now thing has ever said, play every PlayStation game day one on this service. Right. They're not the same cost. PS Now is cheaper. Why should PS Now at a cheaper rate cost more? I mean, have arguably a better value than Game Pass if they start putting all their first party day one. I wouldn't. That makes zero sense. Unless you want PS Now to suddenly become $120 a year, which is exactly what Game Pass Ultimate is. Actually, it's $150. Well, and to... uh 
Well, Games Pass Ultimate also includes that. So if you go back yeah. to Game Pass, ten dollars a month, you're paying one hundred twenty dollars a year for it. It's double the price, so you're getting double the value, and if that's fine. The double the value is why you get day one Xbox games on there. You know. Um, but to answer your question, though, this also pumps up sales. People who want to play The Last of Us Two, who don't already own it, or if it's not on sale, they can pay ten dollars a month. I think is what PS Now is um, for like a single month and play it. And then, like, that's $10 for them they might not have gotten. You don't have enough room on your system, Chris. Fuck. <laughs> just wanted you to know that. Hopefully you do, because I set it to download to both of them. <laughs> you did? Yeah. I didn't even know you could do that. Oh, yeah, boy, I'm about to download all kinds of, like, I games. Do. I, like, you I have enough it. room. Thanks. You're welcome. Is there a way to kick Brett off of this and put me on there so I can still download stuff to Brett's console? Because he's going to wake up with all kinds of crap on his console. No, please. You can download Doki Doki Literature Club for me. That's about it. That's a good game. (laughs) Okay, next thing up. uh, PlayStation have talked about making a push in the mobile smartphone games area with recent reveals like Wipeout Rush, and they've signed ex-Apple arcade leadership to spearhead their continued effort in that market. Nicola Sebastiani will be head of mobile at PlayStation Studios, and his role is to develop... uh, Excuse you, sir? Oh, whoops. I don't know why I did that. Thanks. Anyway, he's going to develop games and create future opportunities for mobile gaming uh i can fix this it's fine don't worry about it (laughs) i I thought that was the last one i didn't realize i deleted it already so look it doesn't matter because i don't think any of us had much to say about it i personally don't care about sony's gaming division on mobile at all that's also right now who knows if they do the right thing they may draw me in i don't know what the right thing would be i you know like let's have would (laughs) right now is there really a chance that they'd try and make a Last of Us game for phone to coincide with the show? Uh, I wouldn't put it past anybody. With I wouldn't games. put it past anybody, but like if you had to over and under it, like what would what would be the percentage chance that you think this would happen? It's yeah, I I, I don't think there's a way to predict that with mobile games because I, they I mean, could be done either. so cheaply and so quickly. Not saying they would, but they could. Mm-hmm. That like. It can happen at so, any given moment. So the question there, and of course we don't have the proof in the pudding of Wipeout Rush yet. It's not <laughs> out. If this is Sony's new thing of like we want to really push this and have quality phone games, we don't have Wipeout Rush to look at. This is what they consider to be quality. Do you think they would actually want to rush out a cheap phone game, or do you think that the idea behind this would be we still want these games to be really good, even though they're on phone, to draw people who normally wouldn't play phone games into them, but also as a means to give people who are playing phone games across the board a reason to play hours instead of, say, Square Enix. Square Enix puts out a ton of phone games. It's the same I said with Nintendo. I don't think they should really get into phone games. They're going to they're gonna adopt like the kind of the, the samey way that phone games have to be played sometimes. And that's typically like they did Mario Run or whatever, which is Temple Run. Sure. Um, and stuff Wait, like was, that. Was Mario Run like 3D behind your back camera? I it thought it, was, it might have been like Flappy Bird, but it's it's. I think it's, it was more like Rayman Jungle Run, where it's an endless runner. It does the running for you, tap. but then you tap and do different yeah. things, and which wasn't terrible. It's I mean, not Rayman Jungle Jungle Run was really fun. Actually. It's not, but it doesn't add anything to Mario. True, and that's the thing is that like you're going to be hard pressed to find me a mobile game that they could make that would add something meaningful to a series that I could see them doing. Okay. 
I mean, I, I think that's fair. It depends on how unique you go with it, though, right? But then again, the more unique you go with it, the less people are going to want to play it on a grand scale. Because if you think about all the times that phone games have gotten massive that are from existing uh, franchises, it's almost always because they tried their best to replicate it. Like, or I remember for like a luck. year, and it might still be going on and people just don't talk about it as much, for like a year, everybody was in on Call of Duty Mobile because it just played like Call of Duty on a touchscreen. It was free. And it was free. Look at Among Us. Yeah, Among Us. It came, it, pretty it, it's cheap. been out for three years or two years, and then all of a sudden it had an explosion. Yeah, though I don't think it released on phone until recently, though. Right? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I can't vouch for that, but I can yeah. definitely say that like Twitch literally decided the popularity of that game. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but in, that, in those regards, right, you can make something that would actually drive me to be interested. Like if you took something and gave this idea, like we talked about last time, right, a, a normal lost phone. If you, yeah. if you took something and thought, let's have a really unique mechanic and let's dive into story of characters in a world that you're already familiar with, it could work. But the problem is, is that by nature of doing that, you're already making it to where the people who just aren't into those worlds that much are like, I don't know if I want to play a game where you're going through a fake phone because I'm going to tell you, marketing-wise, that doesn't sound like good. It is it, phenomenal, it, though. That's so, I'm, I'm, but I was like, it's hard to market. If you told I me, want to download that game. If no. you told me right now, hey, you, you should play this game. What's the game? On your phone, you control a fake phone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it it sounds weird. No, even if you try and say the rest, like we can look through messages and emails. It's like I can do that on my normal phone for myself. What was the full title of that game? Is it uh, is it an ordinary lost phone or a normal lost phone? I think it's a normal a lost normal phone. lost phone. Yeah, I thought that's what I thought as well. I don't know, really interesting funny, game because describing any video game sounds dumb a lot of the time. It's like, hey, you want to play this swashbuckling treasure hunter who murders a thousand people and then. <laughs> Has a yeah, that actually sounds pretty awesome. If I'm being like, and I should say this, we're dealing with <laughs> we're dealing with more of the average consumer because that's that's who they want these things to go to, if possible, right? The phone gaming is only as profitable as you can make it to where everyone who has a phone wants to at least try it and give you a chance of making some money. If it's free to play, or if they'll buy it outright, um, so you normally want the quick pitch to sound really cool like dude do you want to slay dragons and then use their screams to shout people off cliffs on your phone that sounds <laughs> awesome you know what i mean hey, also the you, fact that skyrim is not released on phone yet continues to blow my mind yeah it's crazy hey do you, know you want to uh, play this game where you drop off packages and get yelled at through your wristwatch but don't ever actually speak except, i actually had a conversation about this before of that technically you can break down a game to be as bad as you want it to be or as good as you want it to be by loosely describing it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly, it was brought up by Death Stranding of everybody's just saying, oh, well, this is literally only a UPS packing simulator game or package delivery game. I'm like, yeah, but like you could you could say that or you can say that this is a game about like an extinction level thing happened and then there's all these little monsters that look like oil spills. Like you could be loosey goosey with it <laughs> or you could go into full on like this is about a, 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 a super soldier who was cloned and this is big boss and then there's liquid snake and then he has the arm of the solid snake but then it's really the nanobites yeah, yeah. of like yeah. where are you choosing to focus yeah where 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 are you like because like the quick pitch to make a normal lost phone sound better right it depends on whether you want to describe the gameplay or if you want to describe the experience within if you describe the gameplay what's the gameplay you look through a fake phone on your phone but in that world it's a real phone okay that sounds kind of dumb 
again on on paper. It actually is really good. But uh, or you well you could explain it as like your phone is your phone is emulating another phone in another world, and you are literally interacting with it as if it's a lost phone, and you're trying to figure out who it is. Yeah. Imagine picking up a phone off the street, and you're figuring out, and you're digging through it to figure out who it is. Yeah, that's what this game is. Yeah. And it way, sounds way it better. Sounds way. way better. Yeah, way it better. does. It sounds like an escape room. Yes, but for your phone. <laughs> what we're saying is, Death Stranding is the Dark Souls of Amazon delivery simulators. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm that's, more that's, surprised that's that after Death Stranding, no one's decided. Because, like, right now we're dealing with Lawnmower Simulator being one of the top selling Steam games. So good. And I'm surprised <laughs> that off the backs of Death Stranding, someone didn't just go package delivery simulator <laughs> and just make it to where there's like a crappy neighborhood and you just start on a business <laughs> and you walk out and go deliver back. Sam, home. you're going into the ghetto. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, speaking of Death Stranding, can, Death, can the director's cut be a game of the year? Actually, yeah. Chris has been having this conversation. This game came out. I see. This year. I see zero reason why not. This game okay. released this year and has new content. Unless I play something else, I have a feeling that's going to be my game of the year this year. We'll see. So, yeah, game well, of the year was, is what, as long as it's released was, in this year. I think yeah. it's game because that's what I was saying to Brett. I'm like, I know Death Stranding's old, but I, this might be one of my favorite games ever. So it's going in my uh-huh. top ten of the year. Oh, you just so. wait, buddy. You're, you're you're like climbing up. The, you're like literally bringing the packages up to the top of the hill. Wait till you're the not hill, even done. Wait man. till the hill becomes a hill and you slide See, this, down. It. Literally, this is, this wait until the point of the game that you that at the top. You go all the way back to the. End. And I warn you, there is a cutscene in that game that's like Metal Gear Solid Four. There is like an hour and ten minute cutscene in that game. I'm fine with it, but at the same time, I was telling Brett, I don't give a damn about the story either. I like, I just like delivering packages. The, well, the reason like is, is like, pay, you pay weren't att- far enough into the story yet when you said that, though. Pay I think as you the, keep going, it's yeah, change. pay attention yeah. to the core story. There, um, oh, yeah, anytime, no. anytime you see um, Mads Mikkelsen, pay attention. Yeah, I mean, I, I have True. my theories about that at this. Point. Everything else is kind of a side side project, but actually, it, all of it is kind of a side story. To yeah. it all it all works into one big story. But yeah. like, yeah. my th- I have a, I have theories about the end of that game, but knowing this is a Kojima game, my theories seem too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, kind of like you talked about, right? It's inter- you, you know how you're loving the gameplay, and that yeah. it, the gameplay is good, but like you already said, like. Earlier today, I'm finishing a cutscene. This mama unlock me stuff is a lot, yeah. and that yeah. means that you're drawn into what the story is telling. Oh, just drawing into the characters just it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> like there's that scene, and uh, I don't want to spoil it, but she's going like this, and the yeah. cutscene yep. ends. I'm like, what is this? Were you? Were you? Were you? I, I can't spoil it, but yeah, I know. it doesn't I know. feel like whatever. I know yeah, it's I, it's I'm, odd. I'm pretty that's sure that's also what makes it so pulling, right? Yeah. And you know, there's also this thing about it's weird because you think this is so stupid, but when you actually kind of look at like the reason that Kojima names people when he names them and like yeah. how much he leads into it, it, part of it's like this is so on the nose, but some reason I like it. Like well, that, Hartman. Yeah. Deadman. Yeah. Well, that's kind of my thing with Sam, is Sam's name is. See, I, whatever. We'll move on because I guess Look, is we're his just last name Mama, technically spoiling we're just talking it. About Mama and Lockney, right? Is what? Yeah, is his last his real last name isn't really spoiling, right? Uh, no, it's not because they tell you they tell you that Bridget Strand is his raised sister. Him, I guess no, yeah. Bridget's not his sister. Emily is. 
right? Emily, yeah, well, they're the same actress. That's what's confusing about that. I don't know <laughs> why he did that. Didn't even notice that. Did you not? That's the same no. person. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just an old woman. Um, yeah, that's that's both Emily Wagner, I think is her name, or Amanda Wagner. Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I think I think you're right, Amanda. Emily's the character's name. Yeah. Or whatever, but yeah, no, the, the game's awesome, and it's weird. Yeah. But you know, like we're talking, Mama is named Mama, and guess what? She's a mom. She- <laughs> <laughs> well, I have this, I have this theory that Sam is the BB, and all the BBs are Sam, and there's multiple Sams, and there's multiple BBs, and they're all the same. That's okay. what I think is happening. In this well, game. it's going to be interesting well, to see how yeah, I how hear that pays you, off for you. I want to hear what you think when you beat the game. I'll yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> That's where I'm at. All so, right. Well, in a month and a half, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, by the time he beats the game, we could actually have a spoiler chat on this because I would have played through and beat the game. Yeah. Because like, I'm, I'm not down. starting this game till the week of Thanksgiving because that's when I played it originally because that's when it originally came out. No, yeah. gotcha. So I'm going to play through If it. I can work it in by the end, we can do the same thing. Yeah. If not, then you two can just go at it. <laughs> but so. let's get moving. I may die of starvation before the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's also that's <laughs> that's solved for you. Next thing up, rumor, leak, mill, whatever you want to call it, gets turning again this time as a result of an interview with an Irish artist, Ava, Ava? I don't actually know. Uh, I'm not familiar with the artist. But in the interview, she talks about working with composer Michael McGlynn for an Irish language piece, as she calls it, that she says McGlynn was writing for, quote, a remake of a PlayStation game, end quote. She goes on to say that while she isn't very familiar with games, she understands that this title is a big one and that the game in question will be announced at Christmas, which sounds a lot like if we're calling Christmas December, and that's kind of what you're looking at. Is this a game? Is this either like a, is this a December state of play or is this a game awards announcement? So I've said this before. And is this even true? This it is, probably is. This sounds like someone just not knowing etiquette for the industry well and that's the thing is that like i've said it before too is that like it's hard with like voice actors and artists and all these other people that are involved in the game but they're not involved directly with the game uh, voice actors are but with artists like with her wouldn't she know that the person who told her this is under an nda it depends on how much he actually made that known I guess so. And since, yeah. she, and since she's not very familiar, she's but, familiar with music. But she's, she's a, a normal musician. Well, she's an and she's an art. Yeah. So she she's very like you know she's going to make a musical piece, and then she knows that that musical piece cannot be played for this company until it's made public by this company with the NDA. Yeah, but doesn't mean you can't talk about it. You know, one thing about the music industry that's actually kind of cool is that the artist is kind of like you can talk about whatever you want. You can be like, yeah, I'm working on stuff. Uh, this is going on. Who knows when it'll come out? I'm always just iffy on people who say. That like oh there's a big PlayStation game coming it's like or it's for yeah. a big PlayStation game it's like and the big thing is is that we don't know like the thing here is since she doesn't have the context of what makes a game yeah. big she's going off of probably secondhand information so what's a or, big game or, is it is it a big game like it's going to be a multi million seller like oh this is a huge series or is it more like it's a big reveal of a niche series that a very small group of people are going to be really excited about, or you know or it's with what she's working on Irish art. Right. Yeah, an Irish language piece, which yeah. I mean, to be fair, you're dealing with music and games all the time, doing very odd things to try and convey certain emotions. You know uh, what I think it is? What's that? Today's Gone Two, and what it is is it's going to follow. No, no, no. It's <laughs> going to be a direct sequel to Days Gone. Yeah. Just listen. It's not going to be a remake. She got that wrong because she doesn't understand what remake means. It's going to be a Days Gone Two, and here's what they're going to do: they're going to follow an Irish biker gang. <laughs> From like Philadelphia. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. 
I, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what rapper, but all remix with bagpipes or whatever they do in Ireland. So (laughs) just in uh, my ears, the guy, right. (laughs) That's here. He has done music pieces for Xeno gears before, uh, or Xeno saga rather, whichever one I actually can't remember. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I could see JRPGs that that are real weird. That's not a big PlayStation title. though. Oh, nor do I. But again, that comes down to what's meant by big here. Cause I'm gonna tell you right now, legend, legend of Dragoon is not a big PlayStation title. It never was. It never sold too hot. That's why they never bothered with it more. People love it. And there's like a cult following for it, but I'm gonna tell you right now, would it be a big announcement if PlayStation announced they were remaking legend of Dragoon? Yes, it would. Mm-hmm. Well, hold on. Wasn't what was in Legend of Dragoon that was Irish? There's something in there, isn't there? I don't know. Dude, I played hold Legend on. of Dragoon on PS1 when I was like seven. I don't remember that game very well. And I, I've, I not, I've not played it since. I don't remember much about it. I played it. I liked it. it. In, that's, about um, that's what I can remember. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like I remember. I remember certain characters. That's about it. I played it when I was like 12 or 13. I, had, I, I played it on PS2. And I didn't play through all of it. Yeah, but but there's something in there. Now all of a sudden, I'm thinking Legend of Dragoon. I'm like, it was was there something in there that had like an Irish? I could see a JRPG pulling an Irish piece in just to fit whatever need they have. Even if it was something like Xenogears, right? I could see them pulling in something. It's just odd sounding, but it depends on what you what it's going to be. You know, I mean, if you want to look at a remake of a PlayStation game that's big that someone might be doing music for. A big remake of a, play, a, a PlayStation game that's big that'd be being remade would be like the Last of Us remake that got talked about. But the thing is, is that the Last of Us remake would almost undoubtedly not include an Irish language. Unless piece. they remade Joel as an Irish mobster in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Boondock Saints, you know? Oh my God. The, uh, oh wait, are you telling me right now that the remake of The Last of Us, instead of looking like the actor, that they have Pablo, whatever, what's his name? Why did you Pedro say? Pascal? Why did you say Pedro, Pedro Pascal? Pascal. Yeah. I said, why did you say Pablo? Now, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Pedro Pascal. Instead of looking like him, you telling me that the next game that Norman Reedus is going to be in is the last <laughs> yes. of the remake as the new Joel. Yes, and they're going to use Catholicism every time he has to. Every time he has to kill somebody, he's going to do it from the behind with the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, that'd be that'd be sick. I don't know what you. Actually, now I just want a Boondock Saints game, like a real, like a real Boondock Saints game, starring Norman Reedus. I mean, at this point, why not? I'm su- I'm surprised Kojima isn't like, all right, Norman, what was, what was can it? we get the rights to Boondock Saints to make a game here, please? Was it Sean Flannery? Was that his name? The other guy in uh, Boondock Saints, Flanagan. Flanagan, yeah. I've never seen the Boondock Saints. Norman so Reedus's ride to Tommy's compound. <laughs> oh my God. I just thought about that. What if Days Gone 2 has Norman Reedus? Dude, I don't know. But I, I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but if Sony Bend is not doing Days Gone 2, we need to stick Which with they've this. said. Yeah, I still don't know if I I hope that that's wrong. I hope that they're um, pulling the wool over my eyes hard. Sean Patrick Flannery. <laughs> they should do a Marvel game but they should do Lobo. Now, I don't know if you know who Lobo is. The name you know, sounds familiar. Yellow, right? I'm right. No, white. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Give me the motorcycle physics in Lobo, baby. I, I mean, so I cool. was thinking that, that it would actually... Oh, my God. I just realized what, what Ben's making. 
What are they making? They're making a Ghost Rider game. <laughs> That's better. I Dude, I'm not, even, I'm, I'm not even kidding. That makes so much more sense. There's yeah. talk about Sony having one more big Marvel exclusive. Well, it's multiplayer, the rumor I've heard. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, then maybe not, but I'm going to tell you right now. I could see it. Hey, you've too. been liking making motorcycle stuff? You like open world game? Fine. You know what? You can't have Days Gone 2, but give us your best pitch for Ghost Rider. <laughs> oh, my God. Nicolas Cage reprises his role. Dude, I'm not even going to lie. If, if so, I really hope this isn't the case for a lot of reasons, even though I am excited about that idea. I would not like for Sony's future to just be we're just making exclusive Marvel games. <laughs> All of our I'm, studios are I'd making new exclusive it. Marvel games. I know you would, but I'd be fine with it if Insomniac was doing it. Only Insomniac. Like, what if, if Insomniac just keeps building more teams? <laughs> All right, now we have one team doing Spider-Man games, one team doing mutant Dude, based can games. Can you imagine? Okay, the next game they do after Wolverine, Fantastic Four. Okay, and then the next game they do after that. X-Men, okay. Well, okay, why and Fantastic then, Four? Because and then, well, undoubtedly, listen, Fantastic and, Four just, just sounds like just Arkham, listen. whatever that game's coming out called. Gotham what, Knights. What was, it, what was it called? Gotham Knights? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, then they do, okay, listen, uh, and then they do, they can go from Fantastic Four, they can go to X-Men, okay, now listen, and um, then they could do Avengers, okay, now listen. Now, <laughs> just listen to me. If an Insomniac game on an Avengers level would be amazing. If they set it up properly across, you know, a decade and a half. Now you're still talking about the idea of actually doing an Avengers game that's based off of all of a shared universe. Yes, right. That they, they, they are going to incorporate with all this stuff. Would Do you, I think it's going to happen? No. Do I want it to happen? Yes. If you remember, there was some talk, to some degree, about making a game universe oh. for Marvel, and Insomniac, I think themselves said that they were exploring the idea. But yeah. they didn't know how they wanted to do it or if they wanted to leave Spider-Man in its own world. Thing is, is I feel like Wolverine might be the answer. Well, yeah, because Wolverine... The fact that they're making Wolverine... X-Men. <sighs> yeah, the fact they're making Wolverine tells you enough. But the bigger thing is if there's any kind of Spider-Man, PS, like PS series Spider-Man references at all in, uh, in Wolverine... Then I'm just gonna say, yeah, that they've decided to make a, a universe yeah. that they're eventually gonna pull. Yeah. Do, you, do you think they're gonna pull the same thing they did in Spider Man? And Wolverine kind of just walks by the X Men compound and goes, "Oh, they're all on vacation in Cabo," and then oh, keeps like going. The tower. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he walks by Xavier's mansion. Oh, <laughs> didn't invite me on vacation this time. Dude, they did that. Okay. <laughs> I I was not a big fan of like the new X Men movies, um, like Days of Future Past and stuff. Like that one was actually a Days fun. of Future Past is great. That's I was gonna say, that Days one, of Future Past is yeah. sick. The rest aren't very good. Yeah. Uh, wait. What, what was that? What did you say? I didn't hear. I heard Days of Future Past and what was very good? The, the rest weren't. is very good. Oh. The rest are not very good. Okay. Um, I forgot which movie it's in. I've only seen it once because I saw it in theaters and I haven't seen it since. But I didn't like it. Um, it's the X Men movie, like where they're. They're talking about like where's all like this place is always empty. Where are they at? And then like there is oh no, it's Deadpool. Deadpool too. Yeah. It was in Deadpool when, when they all sit there the and they're like they close the door. All like, hiding from so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was Deadpool. Yeah. You, so wait, you, did you just tell me you didn't like Deadpool and you saw it in theater? Because that's exactly the setup. That no, you gave. because <laughs> now here's the thing. Deadpool two did a lot of like X Men Mansion stuff. It did. And there was not a lot of X Men stuff going on, so it felt like an X Men movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Have, have either one of y'all seen New Mutants? No, that was no. the one that came out this year. 
Yeah, with like Anya yeah. Taylor Joy and Macy Williams. And it was a movie, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like a horror. It's like I think it was like marketed as a horror movie or something. It was also yeah. odd <clears throat> choice, but okay, fair enough. Anyways, all I'm saying is like throw Deadpool in there. Get a get. Listen, I just want to. I just want an Insomniac made Magneto game. Can we do this, dude? That would actually. I think a Magneto game could work really well. Yes. But my thing for Magneto is, I always thought that uh, Sucker Punch could do a great. Thank game. you. I was about to say that, you got the wrong too. developer there, guy. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I, ever since playing the first Infamous game, I thought, dude, if they ever made a Magneto game, this would be sweet too. And I, I thought that with every single game moving forward. I will say, Sucker Punch doing the Fantastic Four. Would also would, be would be better yeah. because to me because then they have the experiences with all the powers so you can play as Johnny True. you can play as Thing you can play as I I do think Stretchy that Boy. there's I would be really surprised unless they just really don't want to if if Marvel is still or if Sony is still getting some exclusive Marvel games if Sucker Punch doesn't jump in and just be like yeah let me make one because they've already made what I think is arguably some of the best superhero games in general why mm-hmm. not let them do it with more known IP. I agree. So let's get into this last topic because I have boil hot take. Oh, you do. All right. Interesting to see. I think there's going to be a lot of, to take from this, and I'm pretty sure the community's take is going to be based, based around some of this, but we'll see. Uh, Jim Ryan's interview has come and gone, and the main interesting takeaway that could have a big impact on how PlayStation pursues, because if you'll remember, I said don't expect much. Uh, the future that he talked about is a remark from him in regards to the quote gate that PlayStation uh, consoles put on their games. Now, while the, there's a lot going on, but look, while this all goes in line with a recent PC strategy in terms of there being wanting to open up this thing, his remarks seem to push further than that. So here's the quote so that you can take out of it, whatever you want. And then we'll share our thoughts on what was said. The quote exactly is I'd like to see a world where the games that we make at PlayStation can be enjoyed by many, many tens of millions, perhaps hundreds of millions of people. Right now, with the existing console model, a really great PlayStation hit, you're talking 10 or 20 million people able to play that game. And if you compare that to music and movies, they can be enjoyed by almost limitless audiences. I think some of us, uh, some of the art our studios are making is some of the finest entertainment in the world, and to gate that audience frustrates me. I'd love to see a world where hundreds of millions of people can enjoy those games. End quote. Hmm. So... I said this earlier this generation. Actually, I said this before this generation. And I said this earlier, and I said, I'm going to say it now. Xbox is getting hard to compare to PlayStation directly, and they will be almost impossible to compare directly by the end of or by the beginning of the next generation after Series X and PlayStation 5 because they're going to move away from physical console space. This implies Sony wants to do the same. I just don't know how. Yeah. Uh, and I still think the the big thing here, right, is and this was kind of interesting. Um, one of our Josh Ayers, one of our patrons and friends and longtime listeners, uh, posted something from another podcast um, that these people do. Maybe not a podcast; it might be a live stream. I don't know what you call it. Um, not familiar with the channel anymore. I'd have to go and look at it. I wish I could give better credit. Um, but Sean Layden, for the first time in long memory, came on and talked about a bunch of stuff with them, and. One of the things that was talked about in that was this idea about PlayStation's marketing. And we've been been part of this too, right? This idea that when Sony said, we believe in generations, and in the beginning of the PlayStation 5 kind of felt like, are you sure? Um, Yeah. Sean said something very interesting. 
And it kind of made me reframe the way I look at all this. And I think it's important. And it also goes to show that even as much as we try not to be, to some degree, we're looking at this stuff so close that sometimes we miss the point. Uh, he said, yeah, we, and, he, and of course he's saying, I didn't, I wasn't behind that marketing or anything, but he said they believe in generations. That includes all generations. So supporting PS4 while you're supporting PS5 means that you believe in the PS4 generation just as much as you believe in the PS5 generation. And if you really look at it through that lens, it makes a little more sense and clears up. And the big thing here is that there's really this generous. feeling going on. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's a contradictory thing. <laughs> that's to think. very generous. Because you can't take care of other generations because at that point, there is nothing that separates them. Therefore, they're all the same. Now, I don't think that that's true. I mean, if you take that and actually put that into the idea of societal generations that we speak of, then if that's the, either we can, which I don't do anyway, either we can throw all the blame and all the boomers and whatnot that we want to. First of all, I'm talking <laughs> about gaming generations that are split up among products, not about ages, not about different cultures of people. This is a very cut and dry. This is complete. But is it? But is it? Ab- absolutely. Because here's the thing. You know when the console generation start, well, even though you, no on, one counts on. it that let's way? Just say, let's just say it this way. I mean, clearly, you, you just proved your point wrong because you said boomer, when in reality, one boomer can think this way, but the other boomer can think this way. But you're talking about a gen, like a. Yeah, let me clarify real idea. quick, too. I don't use the word boomer because I think that's stupid. Well, you just did. Yeah, as part of making fun of something. Oh, uh, well, either way, like you can't compare them like yeah. at all. But however, when you have a product line here and a product line here, and one comes out here and one comes out here, you can't say we believe in generations. Meaning, and especially the time frame they said it in, was we believe that the PS5 generation is going to be separate than the PS4 generation is. You can't say that that is not implied that way. Oh, don't be wrong. I think it's very easy to imply it that way. And I think that's also why that's what, no, most no, I'm people I'm not saying did. it's not what they did. It's what, it's what PlayStation intended. That's I, what their I can't say what PlayStation did intend. That was absolutely but what I they do did. still think that you're right. That it's easy as to why we all interpreted that way. I don't think... Regardless. I, no, no, I think that's the, that, that's the thing. And then, then up until game delays, that's what was going to happen. I 100% believe that that was their intention all along. Uh, the, up until they realized that some of these games aren't going to hit the PlayStation 5 mark as soon as they should have, so they're going to have to hit the PlayStation 4 mark with it. Other than that, there's absolutely <clears throat> like no way that this would happen. God of War? What do you mean they're not going to hit the PS5 yeah. mark? Because they've been delayed. Well, hold the on. games? Yes. If the games have been well, delayed, on. there's less of a reason to be crossed in then, arguably, right? What? Why don't Why? we... Th- this if conversation... This conversation is kind of over when you read the entire quote. We have always said that we believe in generations. We believe that when you go to all the trouble of creating next-gen consoles, that it should include features and benefits that the previous generation does not include. And that, in Mm -hmm. our view, people should make games that can take the most of those features. So Sean is being extraordinarily generous with his interpretation because he says we need to be making games that take advantage of those features that doesn't necessarily mean that ps4 games can't do that but it's like i said after the ps experience thing if you look at forespoken and you look at the god of war you can see the difference in what's going on between the two in terms of graphics and in terms of how much you can see and in terms Uh, of how it looks so it's very clear yeah I, i mean i'm glad you went and looked up the whole quote that is important but at the same time let's look at what's actually going on because when you think about the playstation 5 Features doesn't always have to entail graphics and whatnot. You know, if you really look at what's going on here, there's they're still doing exactly what they just said there, right? We believe people should make games that can take advantage of these features. What are the primary standout features of the PlayStation 5 that the PS4 didn't have? The controller. The controller. SSD. Yeah, SSD, load speeds. All right. What else? Ray tracing support, 
right? everything and in the console, I guess, is the best yeah, answer. Yeah, pretty much every yeah, pretty much every game that has been released on both uh, still supports ray tracing on the PS5 version. So there, there you go, feature check off. People are doing that. For the games that are on both, the PS5 version has bespoke controller support for not only the triggers themselves, but of course the rumble feature, the, not the rumble, I guess that's not what it is anymore, but the haptics feature. Uh, and then most of the games lean into using the SSD, which we've seen with every PS5 bespoke version, as well as improvements on the PS4 versions that have the PS5. And of course, if you want to look at things like this, the, the ability to support 60 frames per second, right? That's being used by almost every game that comes out, uh, definitely from Sony and even from the third party. So their criteria from that quote is being met, even though the games are still releasing on both systems. But that's but the, like Chris but, said, you have the fact that graphically speaking is where you're really seeing the differences there. And the other, the other thing that has yet to be seen is whether some of these games that are still being made for PS4 would be able to, and I don't know if we'll ever truly know the answer to this, uh, if they would have been able to be made in a different way that they wanted to make, that PS4 wouldn't have supported, but they had to compromise that vision to still include PS4. I don't know. Well, that's, that's but, that, but, you're, but you're reading in between the lines, too, also. you got to think about the context on which the quote was based on and said on, which is that there is very hard lines that, we, that PlayStation wants to say with these generations, sure. is that this is why, you know, these products come out and we're going to still support them up until a certain time period. But then you have this, this, this thing of, of God of War potentially coming out in 2023 mm-hmm. still on PlayStation 4. Yeah. Which is a clearly yeah. completely just going against everything that Sean Layden is kind of saying. I think he's just being superfluous. Sur, I can't even speak English right now. Superfluous with his reasoning. I think he's just kind of being a little extra. But you, they can't, you can't acknowledge the fact that what they said in the context they said it in meant entirely that we believe in generations. We believe that these things should be divided because it was in direct contrast of what Xbox said. Yeah. So, like, you can't argue that, like, sure, that these things meet criteria, yeah. sure, but in the original context of what was said, that's what was said. So I agree with Chris. I think that definitely Sean, timing. Sean, that. Sean Layden, you know, he, and I am not a big fan of Jim Ryan. I, so I don't know, and I don't think I say I should say this. I'm not a big fan of stuff Jim Ryan has said. Yeah, if anything, I actually want to say while we're talking about this, this entire quote seems so not Jim Ryan like. It does. It absolutely does, and that's why I'm kind of thrown off with it. Is that this quote can be directly read as we want these games on other consoles? Yeah. So or other, is, or other means to be played, I should say, not consoles, because I don't know what that that word's going to mean in, in yeah. But does years. does PC satiate that? No, there's absolutely no way. Like we've talked about numbers in terms of PC gamers before, and it's he wants hundred hundreds of millions of people playing games. PlayStation and, and PC does not equal that. He knows I mean, that. PC is arguably the biggest market, right? And I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not looking at this wrong. I think that's true. It, but the biggest problem PC faces is that even they, though it's the biggest market, it also has the biggest opportunity for people to pirate games. Well, no. And so it doesn't always... It, being the biggest market doesn't always equate to the most sales. I think being, I think when you say that PC is being the biggest market is in the same vein as saying, saying phone is the biggest market as well. Because, Arguably, yeah, you're Because right. at that point, any game that can be played on a PC is considered PC gaming. Therefore, I can download something I've never played before and play it, and that can count as a number for a PC sure. gamer. Sure. Uh, yeah. Where with a console, it's a little more involved. And that's why I think it's hard. That's what I was talking about. I think it's hard to get those hard numbers for like Steam players. Yeah. Because those Steam players can be like, Technically, you could 
take every single person that plays Steam that's active like you would a PlayStation uh, player and count them, and that would make sense. But you're not accounting for people who play browser games. You know, like that's where it gets into weird water. Yeah, Epic Games Store, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But I think arguably, what just to clarify, kind of what I'm meaning there is even and bring up phones is important, right? Because I think the actual real answer is that more people actually have phones than they do computers these days. Yeah, but absolutely. Phones are not at the level that they can play AAA console or AAA gaming in general. They don't. There is might be something considered a AAA phone game, but that it looks a lot different. Is, that, is there a thing for that? I wonder. There, even if that does exist, it's going to look a lot different than a AAA console PC game. Um, I mean, we're even at the point where Nintendo themselves can't run most AAA games that aren't made by them. You know what I mean? On yeah. their on their own hardware, natively at least. <laughs> Because like we saw Kingdom Hearts is coming to their console, but literally all three of the Kingdom Hearts releases are just going to be cloud versions because the system itself can't handle. I still don't know what that means. <clears throat> what Does that it, mean just like streamable games? Yes, it's oh, exactly how they yeah. did Resident Evil Seven. You have to be connected to the internet, and, 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 and Kingdom Hearts One and Two can certainly run on on Switch, but not the PS3 version. Yeah. Apparently, is what's going on. Or the PS4 version, if you want to say that. Uh, but still, big thing here, PC. Is the is the next level uh, that they can get into without completely giving to their competition, right? Unless this quote is meant to be taken that they'd want to put stuff on Xbox, which I don't think is exactly what's going on here. But that makes the fact that this is even being said a little more weird because it's either that or we're talking about PlayStation, which they already were the first people to really in the console space look at. Are they talking about the streaming future to where you're going to be able to play completely off of a locked device? where you don't have to worry about whether they have this or that or that because every single device is going to be able to just stream it from a singular location. Um, which sounds... It, it just it sounds a lot like a Phil Spencer quote. <laughs> That's really where I'm at with this. It and it, that doesn't does. matter. I don't hate Phil Spencer by any standard. Um, but well, I think the interesting thing here for me personally is that depending on what they mean by this... I'm not loving it because I, part of the reason I was kind of excited about this generation is that PlayStation and Xbox were going seemingly very different ways. And that meant that you had bespoke areas to go for certain experiences. Now they're kind of and diverging now, into the same path. Maybe. Or by, by this quote, that's what the, yeah, that's kind of what we could speculate on. But my thing is, is I guess my, I, first of all, I love Sp- uh, Phil Spencer. I think he's the best head of Xboxer in we've ever seen. Um, but the but what comes with that is is he says a lot of stuff that doesn't happen, um, and he says a lot of stuff. He gets really excited in the moment, and then he's like, "Absolutely, this is something we could really do," but then never visits it again. Um, and that seems like this quote here. This quote, I don't know the hundreds of millions of people thing that that could be mean meant as. The majority of gamers are all of gamers, and I don't know which way that could go. Because if it's all of gamers, are, are like, should I speculate that this is going to be, um, you know, a PlayStation is going to be a service now that I'm going to pay for it? I could download on any console, like Games Pass, mm, like sure. you know, uh, it was PlayStation still going to have a console at this point. Well, you know, one of the things too that I think happens here is that when you're dealing with looking at the gaming industry, right? The gaming industry makes a lot of money, but it's one of the smallest industries out there when it comes to entertainment because of the fact that to some degree, the media the, that you're experiencing for gaming is tied to whatever machine it has to be made for. And the big difference there is that when you make a movie, 
you don't make it for to be played on something specific. You don't have to optimize that movie just for this one thing. You make a movie and then you can go through and give it enhancements for certain things like, okay, we're going to put out a 4K version of it, but we'll put out a DVD version of it. Or you can just stream it and streaming can be done on consoles, TVs, phones, tablets, any number of things. And so other media doesn't have the same literal physical barrier entry right now as gaming does. And the only way that you get away from that to a, a large degree is either by releasing on every single thing, which is hard because it takes man hours to figure out how to make it run on that thing, or to do what Microsoft is doing and what Sony started doing back in 2013 with PS Now in the idea of making it to where the game is being made for one device and it's happening on a server side, and then you just stream it anywhere you want. And that sounds like that's the real answer to this. So in that sense, PlayStation and Xbox seem like they're on the same path. Um, Chris, I know we've done plenty of talking. you have any thoughts on this? Um, I don't know. On his quote specifically, not really. Um, I think you guys really kind of said it when you were going off. I think there's just... I don't know. I've always said that I don't think that there's going to be three consoles next generation so i agree with that i don't think is it, playstation one of that console now <laughs> up yeah. until like last week you wouldn't have thought so but it, yeah i would have I, even right now if i'm being dead honest with my my own gut i still think we see a ps6 personally i don't know i i don't think consoles are ever going away we've I, been with people have been trying to convince me that consoles are going away since like the ps3 it's well, not they happening. will go away and they'll come back because people will miss them. So like the next generation or two generations later, they'll be like, y'all remember the PlayStation 4? Well, look at the PlayStation now. Like it's a console version. Well, yeah, you uh, know, it's possible. But you know, I'm still, the thing that's happened to me, I'm with you, Chris. I don't think that they're going away. I've even said this. I Even with uh, Xbox clearly going towards trying to get their stuff on as many consoles as possible, I still personally think Xbox will keep making consoles. Because for the people that prefer that way, there's no reason not to, as long as you make it to where you make a profit off of each one of them, which is what we've been seeing happen. PlayStation's already making a profit off of the PS5. Yeah. Arguably, I think Xbox was at a little bit of a different position. They were making a small loss, but they were willing to take it. But if they get to where they're profitable on the Xbox uh, Series X and S, then we're at a point where there's no reason not to make it. And I still think that consoles exist in this thing of... I think streaming is great when you want a quick, like, you know what? I'm in a weird position where I didn't expect to have time to game, so I'm just going to do it. I'm in a hotel room with really good Wi-Fi or something. Yeah, right? And that's what handheld gaming was for a long time. You know what? I'm in a position. I brought this as a just-in-case. I'm going to whip out my Vita or my Switch and play uh, something for 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here, because I have this time. Well, that's what streaming is trying to take. But I don't think streaming will ever become the primary way people play. I just think it doesn't make sense. When you're at home... And you have a, a nice TV and you have this this situation. Uh, really, I think the absolute failure of Google Stadia shows why consoles are going to stay around. That's really mm-hmm. what I look at. Stadia was the perfect example right now with our current tech to go, do people have any real serious interest in playing games without having to be tied to an actual console and instead just being tied to a controller and a $50 you know, uh, Google Cast thing? And it didn't work. People yeah. weren't interested in it, and it didn't work as well as they thought it was anyway. And then when it started working well, people still didn't go. Because a lot of people I talked to mentioned that Cyberpunk ran really well on Google Stadia. It's just people still want to have physical media. And I think, why are PCs so hot right now? If PC, if consoles and stuff like that are going away, then why are people dumping tons of money and resources well, into trying to build a great PC? That's, it's, now, of it course, has you nothing have, to do with gaming. But say, you have... 
cryptocurrency. Yeah, it has, yeah nothing to do with gaming. <laughs> you do have cryptocurrency involved there, but you clearly, clearly, there's still a big push towards things that are going to be physically around. You I mean, know, even just PC gaming has gotten bigger. So, yep, yeah, maybe yeah. the it's, rise in people buying graphics cards isn't because of gaming, but PC gaming is definitely much bigger than it was. I think games I work think, on PC now, you know. <laughs> well, I, th- I think by nature of PC gaming getting bigger, it's gaming has become more acceptable in like the last five years, seven, eight years. Yeah. Where before it was more of like, like I know in high school that was not the thing. Like normal people, lots of normal people did not play games. Like they may be like casual players, like in other things, but now it's like acceptable that like you play. Fortnite stuff. Remember when we were in high school and like you were making CSGO on a PSP and people were like, that's the wildest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's just like back then, it's now you can have a common conversation with somebody about a game system. Like, and it's 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 household knowledge for the most part with some of this stuff. Where back then it was not. Not household knowledge at least. Yeah. I mean, gaming is definitely a different position and it's growing a ton and that's why they make so much money. But regardless, um, uh, that was part of what I was talking about a second ago, too, is this idea of you want to get into more hands. And part of that, too, is actually getting people to become gamers because for whatever reason, there's a stigma behind gaming that has been slowly but surely eroding and more and more people are willing to open into it. But you got to make it easy for people to hop in, which streaming does make it easy. But to like to Chris's point, if you and, and I'm just a single example. So I'm going to use this not as a broad, but as me. I think that there is enough people like me to where even if streaming becomes 100% viable, I am personally going to buy hardware that lets it play natively from the thing so that I deal with none of the issues of streaming. If my internet goes out, guess what? I can still play my game. If the if I'm playing my game, I don't have to worry about my internet being like my, my wife turning on Netflix and suddenly my quality dropping by 20% and seeing a bunch of artifacting. I don't have to worry about those things. Yeah, I don't have to worry about, for some reason, I get on one day and like, man, why is my input latency so weird today? I would rather not do that. It's it's a big reason as why right now you can stream 4K movies. Guess what? I go buy 4K movies because I prefer the completely, excuse me, completely out of the box. Put it in. You're going to get max resolution because you're not having to worry about the variables of internet. And I think enough people are with that. And it's also gaming is something that people do from home so much. It's such a like if you're going to do serious long gaming bouts most people prefer to do that in the comfort of your home because yeah. it's like relaxing and if you're gonna be home anyway why would you care about streaming if you can buy a box yeah like there's no point in like if that at all now what i will say is uh, is what i still think is going to happen is what i said you know like two years ago that i know you disagreed upon chris probably does too is that i think that in the next 10 10 years over uh, physical media for gaming won't be the won't be the norm anymore as it is. It'll I, be yeah, gone. I It'll agree be there digital too. downloads because the upside is that a digital download, right, as opposed to like 4K streaming, like I was yeah. saying, right. If we're going back to that, uh, if you download a 4K it's, file, it's perfect. It's exactly like watching a 4K Blu-ray because you're watching an uh, an uncompressed file. Yeah, I I still need to see a 4K Blu-ray. I've never watched 4K Blu-ray before. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. <laughs> But should I, should I send this? Yeah, you go ahead. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, I think looking at that, there's no reason that, like you said, even though I, I, it's not so much that I disagree. I don't. I think before you posited that you thought if physical media wasn't going to be around at all, and if I'm misremembering that, then that's fine. No, I said that the uh, very first time. The second time, I kind of was like I overcorrected, and I'm like, no, yeah. I think that. And what I used was we were talking about the fact that numbers came out and that people were downloading 
more than buying physical for something. I don't remember if it was for a game. In general right now. I think even last year, I think like 68% of, of games bought were downloaded. It was something very specific we're talking about. And it might have been that like for like for this year, for that year or something, PlayStation saw more digital downloads. And I'm like, that's that's what I could see happening yeah. more so of like because it was already all on paper at that point. I mean, Chris is basically already all digital. Yeah. yeah and actually, much. as much as I said I would never move away, Game sharing plus my credit card rewards, it goes to show you how different things can change up. I get to play so many games as a benefit of Chris buying them. Like, I'm going to get to play Far Cry 6 now without having to pay a dime for it. (laughs) And I feel the least I can do, even though I would normally prefer to go buy a physical version. And then, of course, tied with the fact that I get to just use my credit card points and not have to actually spend any real money, I just go get $60 worth of PSN credit from my credit card rewards yeah, and then just go buy the game so that me and Chris can both play it and I can repay him for the times that I get to benefit from his purchases. So in a weird sense, I actually haven't bought a non-collector's edition physical game in a year and a half at least. And that's how I was before. I think the last physical thing I bought last gen was the Dark Souls 2 collector's edition. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Chris, yeah. just so you're aware... I would never have chosen to do this, and I think it's dumb that a physical collector's edition comes with a digital copy, but you will be able to play uh, Horizon Forbidden West from my collector's edition because it's coming with a digital code for some stupid reason. (laughs) I don't want to buy that. (laughs) Yeah, so there we are. Um, But yeah, it's interesting. I have, not even reluctantly, I just, by nature of what's happening, I've become a primarily digital gamer. Yeah, I, I thought that I would have more issues with digital stuff. That's why I bought my the disc PS5 because I was like, oh, I'll never go fully. But it's really just the fact that like I can just be like, oh, I'm in the middle of Death Stranding. I'm gonna pop over to Far Cry for a second. I'm gonna pop back to Death Stranding, and then yes. oh, I wanna I wanna play I wanna play a game of Apex, which I guess isn't physical, but you know what I'm trying to say. And it, you know, I can pop back into all of these. It's just more convenient. Yeah, yeah. That's why I definitely for Vita, right? At home, I don't mind taking the extra few steps to go to where all my games are stored, pull one out, put it in the disc drive. That doesn't really bother me. But for Vita, you know, say you have twenty Vita games, do I really want to take twenty Vita games with me everywhere I go that I might drag my Vita along? No, I don't. So I think that you know, even back then, I relented that I think handheld gaming going all digital makes far more sense. Yeah, and that's what I did first. Like that was that was my transition period. was that then Spider-Man happened. Spider-Man, I still am, am angry about. Chris, for you, if you didn't know, I got home from the midnight release of Spider-Man mm-hmm. and it took two hours to download, then copy, for whatever yeah. reason, copy, copy the install. And I was just like, at this point, I could have downloaded this digitally and been playing it by now. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could have been playing at midnight because it does the pre, pre-install. Nine o'clock. No, yeah. no. And, and even then, it, I think PlayStation 4 is nine o'clock. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's nine. Nine or know. eleven. Never did a digital pre-order, so but I don't actually know. <laughs> that'll be uh, that'll be the community take this week with Jim Ryan's quotes that we kind of just went through. Um, how do you guys really feel about it? We'll put the quote in the Discord as well, just yeah, so everybody I'd can say, like, it. I guess really the, the the wider question there is, what do you think from this quote is the right. real future of PlayStation? And and what do you think could happen? And what do you like? What, once again, we'll just do a double sided. What do you want? And what do you think could happen? You know? Yeah, the the wants. Oh wait, we didn't do the community take. <laughs> oh crap! Tom. We're gonna fly through it real quick because yeah. because I did I, and there was a lot of good answers. I'm sorry, guys, that was on me. Um, 
I should have done it going out of the news, but the main topic ended up coming out of the news, basically. Uh, so real quick, with Bluepoint being acquired, do you wish they'd have stayed uh, the premier remake company, or are you excited to see them do original content, whatever that entails? What do you think or hope they are working on? Uh, and to that, like I said, it's going to be pretty quick here. Uh, over on Facebook, we got Richard Schaefer who said, right now, I think Bluepoint has broken into three teams. One is likely making a Bloodborne title, which I expect to launch day and date on PC, Bold. I, bold. <laughs> I also think a team is working on something original, but in the style of a Souls game. I actually think that one's more likely. That's more. And likely. we're going to get into that from something someone else said too. Uh, and then they said their other team. I'm hoping is doing a remake of Jack and Daxter or another older franchise, perhaps Killzone. Unfortunately, it's not Resistance, but Insomniac is handling handling that remake with their VR team. You heard it here first. Laugh out loud. Okay, Richard, I love you, buddy. That. All of that's bold, also interesting. Um, there's something else that somebody said, and I'm going to go over real quick to Twitter to grab it. Um, and I think it was uh, Stefan Swanlin. Um, he has mentioned, he says, I'd like to see them do something in the vein of what Ready at Dawn did. Work on smaller games with established IP that aren't their own, but then go off and make their own thing completely. The Order 1886 was an underrated game, to which, of course, I replied he was speaking my language. Mm-hmm. But his follow-up to that, kind of ties into like what um, what um, Richard said. And he said, the real question is what type of game would we like to see them make as long as it's their own IP? He says, I'd probably prefer an action-adventure game that mixes God of War and Zelda like Darksiders did. But my actual original thought was, I see no reason after them handling all these things to either go and make something that uses the ideas of a FromSoft-style game but my other thing is, is it's the pedigree of that team originally came from Metroid, which also ties into a FromSoft style game. I would like to see them t- do their take on like a 3D Metroid style game, but for PlayStation, like yeah. an exclusive game that's a little more focused that way, but can still, if it wanted to, lean on some of the design ideas behind a From game. But you know, who knows because the team behind uh, Blue Point were originally the tech team, if I'm not mistaken, for Metroid Prime. Uh, so they definitely have some pedigree in that style of game. Chris, what kind of game would you like to see them make? Um, I, I mean, I just want the, I want them to do remake uh, remakes. Yeah, and really remaster. Yeah, I don't. I, again, I made the point last week, and I'll make it again. Like, I don't know why you'd buy a studio who cut their teeth on remakes to do something else. Yeah, don't wrong. No matter what, it's weird. But at the same time, if it's just Sony talking to them <laughs> and being like. Is he talking crazy talk again? No. A crazy talk? I was right. (laughs) You were right with rumors. We'll see. I ain't paying up $100 so I see announcements. That's fine, (laughs) but I was still right. (laughs) Or or my sucking nut. I forgot. I got to put a nut in the mouth. Oh, oh boy. Uh, It's getting rough. Well, you know, we did say that Chris is going to come or likely come down to Texarkana for episode 250. So I guess you'd have your (laughs) opportunity if it it gets announced early enough. so next couple of things. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cody James McGinnis says, I think we will definitely see uh, both sides. Yeah, I think we will definitely see both sides. I see it as a win-win. I'm sure we will still get quality remakes from them, but also new content, um, which I do. I am the more I lean toward it. I think Sony's smartest thing is to still be like a team of you break off and be the new people team, whether it's working with existing IP like Ben did for a long time or Ready at Dawn did and making your own entries in them or a new IP, but also the people who are just really into the idea of remaking old games. Here you are, and we're just going to give you a list and you tell us what game on this list you want to do and we'll tell you how re- how realistic we- it is. 
Because the bigger thing for me is behind the scenes, like, why did Blue Point remake Demon Souls? Did Sony <clears> go to <throat> did Sony go to Blue Point and go, hey, I know. <laughs> but I'm saying, did Sony go to Blue Point and say, we want you to remake Demon Souls? Or did Blue Point talk to Sony and say, hey, if you'd be cool, we'd love to be able to do a remake of Demon Souls because we love that game. Was it a bit of both? Who knows? Yeah. We'll definitely see. Uh, so grabbing some off of <laughs> all right, Chris. I mean, sorry, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> uh, but going over to get some off of our Discord, where of course you can join and be part of it. In the link in the description below, uh, we've got a couple of answers here. Uh, Zach Sawyer, one of our recent re-upped patrons. Thanks, Zach. He says, "I have really enjoyed the remakes they have made in the past. I wouldn't mind them doing original content, but as y'all have said on previous podcasts, I." hope they have two teams one on original and one working on remakes i'm hoping that they are working on metagross solid yes that's what i hope i mean look if, if they're working on bloodborne 2 i'm going to be happy i don't think that's what's happening but i would be ecstatic bloodborne it was so nice. long as by the time it releases it's good yeah one of my favorite games of last generation i, I would and see, of all time i would see bloodborne 2 from you getting a a similar response to final fantasy 7 remake where you're like I'm glad that's happening, but I don't know how I feel. Like I'm excited enough about it, but no, I don't know how I feel about it no, in full it's, until it's if released. If it's Blue Point, I have faith in Blue Point, but I, I thought you meant from like seeing Final Fantasy VII remake trailer for the first time. I'm like, you mean teary eyed? Oh, no, yes, yeah, I mean maybe. <laughs> uh, let's see, Josh. He says I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to say new stuff, but. I'd also like to see a Legend of Dragoon remake. Mm-hmm. Also, all of these rumors that they have multiple games can't be right. Blue Point is 70 people as of this year. Think again. And that is true. Uh, yeah. They are a small team. 70s, actually, they've grown to get to that number. That's a big number for them right now. Um, so you do have to be realistic to a degree. If it, if it is two teams, the only way that really works, I think, is if... I don't think it would be split like that, even though you'd be surprised, right? If you do enough contract work the right way, you'd be surprised. Game Freak is only like 100 employees, mm-hmm. and they have three teams. Yeah. And, and they the, make so much sorry. Pokemon. So yeah, go ahead, Chris. What's up? The big the big rumor about them, outside of m- me being correct, is that <laughs> they're doing a Miles Morales-sized game and a remake. So... Yeah, so like some kind of new mid-sized original idea. So, so at yeah. that point, I guess you think Bloodborne Two is going to be Miles Morales sized. I don't know because I would see. I'm that, telling that you that I trust. Away. I trust Colin Moriarty more than I trust any other leaker, and he's the one who said it. So, well, we'll see what ends up yeah. happening. Yeah. Now, see, I would not be happy if it was the size of Miles Morales. Well, it depends on how it was done, because right? Because think about it this way too: you like the DLC, right? How long yeah. was the DLC? And that's a real question. I never did play the old hunters. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to say. Like maybe ten hours at most. So that's that's about a Miles Morales sized game. Yeah, but now, I wouldn't want a full. I wouldn't want a full length sold game to be that long. What if it wasn't called Bloodborne Two and it was? What if it was just that they're making the next DLC for Bloodborne? That'd be cool too. That actually seems just as reasonable, but I still agree with Chris. You'd. From a marketing standpoint, you'd really want it to be a new game. Now, whether or not it would need to be called Bloodborne 2, I don't know that that matters as much. Has Colin, has Colin Moriarty ever leaked anything else? Yeah. Not very not very often. He did. He leaked eventually that uh, at one point in time, Xbox was talking about putting Master Chief Collection on PlayStation, and that was confirmed to be true, mm-hmm. even though they, of course, decided to They were thinking it. about it, yeah. yeah. Col- Colin, 
doesn't leak stuff and every time he does he's right and the guy who he was saying in his discord the guy who told him the bloodborne stuff is the guy who told him the wolverine stuff and wolverine's real <laughs> well i guess we'll just have to wait and see i True. mean that, that sounds like a if pretty not, good leaker calling my abby accent his his source guy <laughs> <laughs> you're done cut off oh boy all right so i think we'll grab one more you, you guys cool with that yeah all right let's see. let's see where to pull from um uh, we're going to go with Rude Colts. He says, I think th- I think it's good that they can make original content as there are only so many remakes left that I would truly want. And a lot of them are with other publishers anyway. Here's hoping they could do something in the Bloodborne world as the job they did with Demon Souls was immense. Um, you I, know, I just want them to remake Demon or Bloodborne. This is why I think for a while when Konami was still in this situation. I see you, Chris. It'll be okay. <laughs> well, look, Colin well, will be wrong for once and then Colin will never leak again. That's how <laughs> this is going to end up happening. No, well, look, while, uh, <laughs> while Konami were kind of in this thing where it seemed like they didn't have any real strong interest in making console games yeah. and then these rumors came up that Sony was talking about licensing with them, Blue Point seemed like the perfect deal here. Sony would just go to Konami and say, you let us license your games and then they just go to Blue Point and go, name one Konami game that you want to remake. We'll start with that. Yeah. Name uh, next one. Name the next Konami game you want to make. We'll start yeah. with that. Then they go to whoever else they go and go, hey, name one new entry in a Konami game you want to make. It just seemed like endless possibility with a rich catalog of, of back IP that hasn't really been touched in a long time. Right. And I feel like if the Konami stuff is them actually wanting to spearhead most of this from themselves, there's still a lot of rumors that tie into that. They might be interested in still doing some license out. Then it's hard to say. It, now it makes because I will say like a lot of people talk about remakes they would love would be like Soul Reaver. Well, unless I mean Soul Reaver is owned by Square Enix, Square Enix and PlayStation have clearly made tons of deals. I'm sure if PlayStation came to them and said, "Hey, would you be willing to let us remake, let you know any of the Legacy of Kane games or Soul Reaver and give them to Blue Point?" Would you let us? I'm sure it could happen, but it, I don't think it's as deep of a well of possibility as the Konami stuff was for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we are, because I do think we are reaching the point where most of the remakes that people would make would want from a PlayStation thing have been done. Yeah. Some of the other remakes we're talking about doing would probably do well. Like I'm sure the Last of Us remake would sell hotcakes. Do it, yeah. Does it need I'll to be done? It. Not even remotely does that need to be done. But yeah. So uh, anyway, thanks guys. Sorry we almost forgot it, but thankfully we didn't quite. <laughs> uh, like he said, our community stake for this week is going to be based off the Jim Ryan quote. What do you think about the future of PlayStation? Uh, appreciate you guys. As usual, if you want to stick around and, uh, and, and listen to us every week, we'd appreciate it. You can do that on any podcast service you enjoy. If we're not on one, shoot us a message. We could probably get on there, but we are most of them. Uh, if you want to watch us and you prefer doing that, you can head over to YouTube uh, and like and subscribe and share the video with anybody you like. As always, of course, you get to share the podcast with anyone you think would enjoy it. And lastly, if you want to be like many of our other listeners and join our patron, you can go to patreon.com slash nartech and consider giving as little as a dollar per month. It helps us not have to dig in our own pockets to do the show and we really appreciate that. It lets us do things like do new logos and stuff for other shows and we still need to do that for this one so we're going to work on that but we hope you all have a good week. This has been episode 232. Thank you. And a shout out to our patrons Ham and Egger, Bailey Robertson, Josh Drago, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Kyle Grimm, Richard Safer, Rude Days 93, Joshua Lago, Landis, Zachary Sawyer, Kevin Bacon Bits, Luke Rabbit, Danny Villiobos, Jehudi MD, Sean, Derek Porter, 
Corey Higgerson, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Sanderud, The Stonerd, Josh Jurel, Stephen Salazar, Shadowist, and my name is Dan. Thank you all.